Ready or not, episode 104 is going to happen in three Mississippi, two Mississippi. Nick oh, Marona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. Keeping the tandy flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the eight bit world This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks and let's rock. All right, everybody, we're here and we are live. Welcome to Coca Talk episode 104. It's just like old times again. It's almost like, uh, like, I don't know what, but here I am. I'm streaming the show. I'm hosting the show. It's almost like I did this, I don't know, almost 200 times in the past, give or take. But we're doing it again. We've had lots of guest help along the way between our broadcasters and streamers and hosts and co-hosts. And it's a regular old show at our original time. And we are here and we've got a glorious panel um, of all kinds of people here. So we're going to start at the bottom of the world and say hello to the thunder from down under, Mr. Nicholas Morentes. Good day to mm. you, sir. Good day, everyone. Yep. Um, ready for another show? Another right. train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and we're glad to have you. And to the left of Nick Morentes, blowing smoke out of his you-know-what, uh, it is the, uh, the the chubby chaser or whatever's going on there. <laughs> Got a tornado. Something's going on there. Looks like a giant cotton candy. It's Grant Leedy. What's going on, Grant? Hey, what's up, Stevie? Did you just call me a chubby chaser? A chubby chaser, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he's here. Greg is here. And the ratings should go through the roof. Whenever whenever Grant's on the show, we get uh, we get stellar ratings. To Grant's left, we have from Strongware, maker of fine products, uh, hardware, software, 3D printed, you name it. John Strong, welcome back to the program, John. Howdy. <sighs> Thank you for being here, sir. We're going to continue this counterclockwise thing here. Above John, we've got our resident Apple guy and the guy who's working on the new Rainbow Magazine, bringing sexy back. Mark D. Overholzer's in the house. Hey, Mark. Hey there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, you're too kind. And thank you. All right. And above Mark, we have a guy who's got some things in his garage. Uh, and he likes Tandy products. His name is Ron Delvo. Hello, Ron. Hey, hello, everybody. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Doing good. Uh, as we continue around the room here, uh, next to Mark, uh, excuse me, next to Ron Delvo, but the guy who broadcast the stream for us last week, one of our backup 
broadcast engineer is an all-around nice guy. Mark Bosley's with us. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. Hello, all right. Mark. In his basement, or I'm not sure if that's a dungeon or a cellar or what's going on here, but Brian, the music man, the shoe is with us. Hello, Brian. Hey, how's everything going? Looks like I left the uh, munchkins off today. <laughs> yeah, you need to, you need it to looks lower... like a side wing of Ron's garage. Huh? Yeah, yeah. L- lower the intake on the helium. <laughs> that? I'm just messing around with my uh, mixer and that, and uh, just having a little bit of fun. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. The chipmunks are with us. Terry Steggy is with us. Terry, how are you? Guys, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. We're going to get you set up real soon, too. We have with us, this guy's got more credentials than a uh, than a guy at the United Nations, but as seen at uh, at PenFest 99 to 2000, Hamvention, CorksCon, CocoFest, uh, you name it, he's been there. I believe he was at a Hardee's not too long ago, ordering a number four supersize. Jason, the Cocoa Man Riker is with us. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello, and Coco Talk, uh, with, now with 30% more, Nick Marotta. That's right. Speaking of Nick Marotta, the man whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. It's Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta, Nick Marotta. Hello, hello. I am so happy to have the same old content at the same old time. <laughs> old, old is the key word there. And at the at the time being, he is last, but certainly not least, second Canadian in a row from the Great White North. Oh, Canada, L. Curtis Boyle. Welcome, Curtis. Hello, everyone. I think I am the oldest Canadian on the show today, so that kind of qualifies. <laughs> uh, I wait for Bill Noble to show up. So. <laughs> yeah, Bill, I'll do me by a couple of years. Uh, all right, we're back. We're here. We are ready to party. We've got people in the live chat with us right now. We've got uh, Mark B. was out there. Curtis Boyle was out there. Mark Overholzer. So basically, the panel was chatting amongst themselves before we went live. But anybody else who's out there, say hello so we can know that you are watching. We've got a great show in store for you for the first time ever, and um, we got charm. things to, to do. Oversell it, Steve. Yeah, Jim Brain is here, like the last remaining day-old donut, so dry it could double as building material. It's Coco Talk. Yes, Jim Brain, our it's resident good troll. It's we're improving in his eyes. <laughs> uh, so we're here. Um, so we have a coffee puck. Yes, yes, yes. We have some segments to do today. We've got lots of news to cover. We've got a, a thing to give away today. This is going to be a first time ever I've decided to to give away. Matchy is here. Hey, Matchy. Um, so things are going to happen. Uh, before we get started with the show, uh, do we have any updates? Uh, anybody, anything new? Acquisitions, project updates, anything to tell us about show and tell time? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, I have I have an ac- new acquisition. All right, Jason the Coco Man. Well, it's it's new to me. Well, it is new, but um, I uh, I got a hold of Ed Snyder there, and I got myself a uh, MCX one twenty eight. Okay. And um, so I can actually run some of the uh, Jim Gary stuff. I'm going to get a case for it uh, at uh, Coco Fest, and uh, but I do I do want to warn everyone that this is this is only compatible with a genuine MC ten. From Radio Shack, it will it will not it will not work with the aftermarket replacement. <laughs> it doesn't plug in. I've tried. And I was going to uh, ask you, Jason, uh, does it does it screw up the holding up of an open window in any way, shape, or form, or is it is a window compatible? I I, I think I'm going to have to wait until I get until I get the case, because right now it's just a circuit board. I don't want any uh, ESD damage. It might get stuck. 
Okay. Or it might get damaged by the elements outside, like rain. Right, rain, rain. right. Yeah. yeah true. Okay. I understand. <laughs> a friendly reminder most of you have one of those. So yeah. Mind, I, I, I am I'm personal friends with a guy who makes 3D printed cases for, for that product right there. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if you're willing to pay twice the price, you could get one and get a second one free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've already contacted that uh, fella and uh, made arrangements to. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> like, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. We'll just we'll just go then. But yeah, I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing the MC10. Okay. And the uh, MCX128 uh, in here, and uh, we're. We'll ha I'll have I'll have uh, I'll have some MC10 uh, uh, things going on here at my at my uh, booth just uh, just to be be sure that there's someone there uh, with the MC10 since uh, Ryan will not be with us this year. Yeah, Represent. you kind of make me feel like Charlie Brown, aren't you? <laughs> oh, did you get the uh, did you get that drawing? You I print one up. Printed, I printed one up. Oh wow! Yeah, that looks really good. That looks good. Uh, I believe Terry was raising his hand. Terry, you have a uh, uh, something to share with us today? Yeah, I got some acquisitions. Uh, were you were you done, Jason? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Terry. <laughs> I got uh, not truly cocoa related, but I thought they were kind of cool. Um, they're IBM magnetic discs. They were basically used. Go the right way. <laughs> uh, they're just basically like three and a half inch floppies. Only they're the disc. You just put them in a tray. Okay. I thought that was kind of cool. Neat. I've never heard of those before. So IBM is specializing in magnetic floppies where everybody else would use the old uh, stone and chisel floppies, I take it. I got a uh, sealed copy of uh, Telengard. Oh, Telengard. That's what uh, Paul Shoemaker's game is based on, right? Yeah. Is that the Cocoa version of Telengard or a different one? That's just the model, was it model one? But I did get... <clears throat> My childhood favorite, Voyager 1. Uh, it is the Coco version. Oh, cool. And that one's on the website, too. Awful, awful graphics. But <laughs> wow. Looks like he could give uh, Dungeon Crawl a run for his money there with that. So. <laughs> Last one is a uh, Coco lookalike. It's called the Videotex. Oh, I want one of those. I was thinking to myself, what would I go crazy that for at the auction? That would be one of them. Yeah, where, did you get that on eBay? I did. Yeah, I. That that was the pre precursor to the cocoa. Yeah. Yep. Cocoa yeah, was, got was the, built uh, off of that. I've passed up so many of those over the years. Uh, not like what is this? Like at the ham fests and whatnot, like twenty years ago. I'm like, I don't want that. That's. Not... <laughs> no, cool. I wish I would have bought a few. <laughs> if it's a precursor, what what color is the cursor? <laughs> Bolty question. Glad. <laughs> That's Which almost language? as bad as a joke I told before the show. <laughs> that was part of the Project Green Thumb. But you know, if those came before the cocoa, why does it have all those cutouts that are? Uh, yeah, the wrong back cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they did that. They it looked like it was. Uh, um, it's like the design of the cocoa to the. Uh, I think they had the Coco in mind at the time, too. I think they were, like, because that was part of the Motorola reference design. Mm -hmm. This one had the modem and stuff built in. So I think they were kind of designing both at once, but Videotex got released first. Is that a why did Tandy did do that? Well, cost, obviously. Did Tandy do that? 
it's short answer drops. because it was cheap. Next Broiler alert. That's a it's nice a- haul. Uh, do you mind do you mind telling us what you paid for that um, uh, video text? The video text I got it for two forty. Okay. Okay. It is a little steep when you think about it when it's really not even a cocoa. And it's you a dumb can get terminal, it, basically. but it, but the, because they're uncommon, I, I would probably pay that much in auction at uh, Coco Fest, and I would probably get outbid. Um, they are uncommon, and it's definitely it's you know it's it's closer to a cocoa than the MC10 is. Put it that way. So it, it actually <laughs> filled a hole I have in my collection, and I also got a, uh, a T. Uh, what was it? Candy Data Products 100. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one I'm actually retro brighting right now, so I don't uh, I didn't want to show that yet. But okay, <laughs> so that actually filled the hole of everything except for there's actually of these video texts there was a blue version. Oh, that was from it was an ag. Uh, yeah, that was the even before video text, wasn't it? That yeah, was the, was the, the ag one. Yeah, those are even less common. I those are even more expensive. Yeah, I got to keep an eye open for those. Anyway, that's all I had. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anyone else? Show and tell time? I'd just like to say that the micro color computer is actually a color computer. You're talking about the MC10? Yes. It is. Your statement is incorrect. Oh, that it's closer than a. Well, I mean, as far as the. It actually uh, says it's a color computer. Yes, uh, yeah. The gray one does not. Okay. But <laughs> there's a lot of common hardware though. Yeah, I mean the keyboard, yeah. the case, the the same processor, same, you know. So it is I mean yeah. a, a component wise it's closer to a Coco um than yeah, It's a, the ROMs mainly that are different in this the Yeah, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the MC10 is still a color computer. It's just a smaller one. Uh so it's got smaller colors on it. So um, <laughs> the Coco's got the full size colors, the MC10's got the micro colors in it. So you got to look go. a little harder to see them. <laughs> Don't forget the CPU has a smaller number too. Yeah, <laughs> it's an itty bitty one. Six eight zero eight. No, it ha- it has less ports. It has less ports. Yeah. Uh, John Strong, anything new and exciting with you, or are you saving s- stuff for the fest, or anything you can divulge or share between now and then? Oh, behind on getting everything done. Uh, I have a commercial client that I do custom software for, and he's redoing his way he's doing his business so he's been kept me pretty busy okay i did do a little bit of craziness uh mc10 related i uh, designed the top piece for a test and then checked out the size that it was actually bigger to fit on my printer even with my extension on my printer so it's like you know, I extended the bed. I thought I had a little bit more room than that, but when I went to actually print it, it was hitting the edges, so it wouldn't print. So that was going to be one of my surprises for the fest. I mean, you guys just getting my Halo MC10 this, you know, complex. You know, <laughs> and so I thought maybe I needed a new set of clothes to make if it look could, Yeah, if you could print one in red and make it look like the Alice computer, that would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's mine. It's just a little bit too small, and I'd have to cut it up and... And, you know, and extra pieces. Uh, that's going to happen right now. It may happen in the future. Uh, actually looking at buying another printer, but I've held off on that because we're looking for 
uh, a house to move to, and I'll have room to get the size of printer I actually want. You need to upgrade your living space to accommodate your printers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife might put it that way. I need another printer. We need a bigger house. Yeah. Well, we've been needing to move out of this apartment. And, yeah. uh, so we've been looking. And uh, now I would like to have something that would print at least a 15 inch. So you got uh, that makes it like a 400 millimeter square size on it. And uh, I'd love a 19, but I don't know if I'd go that, that big. But, uh, you know, at 15, you get some size. It gets a really big advantage on that, on doing things. But, uh, yeah, I've had a couple 15s and had to send them back because of issues with them. So Okay. But that's, that's kind of the thing there. Uh, I did order some transfer papers. I might have a custom shirt or something there at the vest. Uh, if it gets here in time and I get a design done, I have one in mind. I also may put that, I don't know if anybody's officially doing it, I may make me want to, may put one of these on, on my a shirt. Okay, interesting. This, you put on Facebook, but you mentioned he'd had names of people who designed it. Yeah. The image I pulled off of Facebook didn't have it, so. Okay. Well, whatever uh, he's, yeah, whatever, maybe we have to ask him for his master file that he sent off to, uh. Whatever well, you know, and I'm not trying to print or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, he did it. He's kind of sharing it, but I'm not trying to compete with him. But I thought, you know, that would be cool, and I had the capability of doing it. So, yeah. and without sending it out, uh, these are significantly less expensive than what he's he has to charge. You know, this print is charging him, but they're a little smaller and. It'd probably come up a lot closer to the price which you had shipping and as much as shipping is anymore. It's uh, I just normally I just want this, my my photo printer will kick out. And it's a moment here. And so I was firing it up the other day to print this, and I thought, well, I have that. I'll just print it out too. Wow, that's a pretty big photo. Yeah. That's a Coco Lighthouse, if I'm not uh, incorrect. <laughs> it's a little sable lighthouse by Silver Lake, Michigan. And uh, Silver Lake is the only place uh, east of the Mississippi that you can actually drive on the sand dunes yourself. And uh, so they've got sand dunes up there, the lighthouse. And that's kind of a unique picture because that's took with a drone uh, to get that view. Okay. So that's cool. just one of the other multiple, one of my other expensive hobbies. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right. Uh, let's just say real quick, let's say hi to a few people in the live chat right now, too, who aren't already on the panel. So Jim Brain is out there. Matchy is out there. Fred Dufus, Dufas, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, Fred, in Facebook. Hello, Fred. Mark Overholzer, Brian Weasler is out there in Facebook. Tom C. said hi. So a couple people chiming in saying hello in the live chat. Thank you, John Strong. Did anybody else have uh, anything else to share? Show and tell? Project updates? Anything? 
going well, once. You can, always, you can always go to my uh, <clears throat> Ron's garage and look at stuff. And then uh, if you're bored there, you can go to uh, show me your color computer on um, Facebook. And uh, different people have uh, put their personal yep. up. Interesting to look at. Make sure you check out Ron's Garage on Facebook. Always, yep. Always good Coco content content there. Hey, uh, Tim Franklin just said hello. Disney Saints fan is here. Hey, Disney. Um, very cool. Very very cool. All right, so we're here. We got lots to cover today. Um, I do have some project updates and acquisitions, which are going to lead into our giveaway. I basically um, I found a deal on uh, Speech Sound Packs. So there was a three pack from the same seller and it was a buy it now. So rather than having to wait and bid and see the prices go through the ceilings, I immediately pressed the fire button and, and, and got them. They came in, I think Thursday, I tested them. Two of them work right away. One of them not working. Um, however, I, I think it was Tom C who mentioned something. You could some type of spray cleaner. I forgot what it's called. So I need somebody to remind me what that is, but it's some type of probably, probably deoxit deoxit could be, it was something he mentioned. Um, so I want to figure that part out. I want to try to spray whatever that thing is on the on the edges and see if I can't clean the edge connector. Um, but two uh, out of three um, work. Rubber eraser sometime will work. Mm, I don't remember. It sounds closer to what Jason had mentioned. I'm not sure, but you you guys know. All right, we'll figure that out. Uh, you can go down to the and get their uh, contact cleaner. Oh, wait, never mind. Ah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> At Radio uh, Shack. Deoxit, Tom says. That's the same thing that uh, Jason mentioned. So, deoxit. Okay. Yeah, yeah and, the cleaners it, will work good. Just... Okay. Now, I don't know about this electrical contact cleaner that I got at uh, my local auto parts store, but, uh, or I think maybe Walmart, but. Uh, where 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 try, is, uh, where is deoxit can... available at? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the Radio Shack is still around. It's just online. Yeah. If you can, if you can drive, if you drive to the middle of nowhere and find a Radio Shack independent dealer, you might be able to buy one. Okay, yeah, that's. Um, but um, yeah, now now the the uh, pencil eraser trick that's something to try too. That uh, John brought up. I've I've done that back in the day. Yeah, if it, if it has some, if you can see like some tarnish, like some black or yeah, tarnish yeah. on it, that sometimes will work also. Okay, Tim Franklin says Amazon. Yeah, you would expect Amazon's got just about everything on, on there. Yeah, I think um, you can buy yachts on there now, can't you? <laughs> who knows? Hey, who knows? Hey, with the erasers, you have to use the pink ones, the pro pinks. The other ones okay. will leave a residue. Okay. And then a clean it afterwards with alcohol. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Don't so use rubbing alcohol. Use isopropyl. Yeah, that, yes, that's the good stuff, the 91%. Yeah, don't use Jack Daniels. That leaves residue, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hey, the, 90, the 91%. 91%. Yeah, the 91%ers. Okay, do they make one that's higher than 91% or is that the maximum legal limit? There's some uh, up there that are 99. Yeah, I think this is this is about what you, you know, 91% is what you're going to be able to get if you walk into your typical drugstore, department store type place. But, uh... Okay. Mikey has joined us, our good friend Mikey Furman, saying, trying to watch while shopping. The local Asian supermarket, but too loud and too busy. <laughs> Andrew has just joined us. Okay, pencil eraser trick worked pretty well in my old cartridges. Andrew is one of our entrants. Uh, entrances. We got a. We're gonna have to. You guys are gonna have to help me pick a winner here. We got a handful of people that commented on my Facebook post. 
Uh, all right, so we're going to take a commercial break and we're going to come back. Do we want to? We've got a fair amount of news. We will get to the news, but we've also got a segment or two. So, what do you guys think we should do? Should we do our news segment before we do the news, or should we go through a long chunk of news? Uh, I'm actually in favor of the news segment. What do you guys think? I think the answer should be yes. 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 Yeah. New segment. When do we have a plan ever? Okay. Yeah, a definitive maybe, I would say. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna go to commercial. Go Can to commercial. What's that? Can we get back to you on that? You can uh, get no. back to me on that one, yes. Okay. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. All right. So we're gonna run a commercial, we're gonna be back, and then we're gonna get into a new segment with uh with some stuff and it's it's gonna be nice. All right. So how about this? We're gonna hear a little bit about see what Fletcher's been up to. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? From the makers of the Switcheroo. Wallaby Cable, Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at cocoman.biz. Fletcher, I don't need that report tomorrow. Great, JT. I need it tonight. But, JT... Fletcher saved $300 on her office away from the office. Radio Shack's revolutionary Model 100 computer. It's a word processor, phone directory, and dialer. It even communicates with the office computer. Fletcher, how's that report? Fletcher. Radio Shack's Model 100. Save $300 and put it to work. You'll go far, Fletcher. <laughs> You'll go far. We now return you to Coco Talk. All right, we're back. Uh, that Fletcher. Uh, we, we, I'm still waiting on Rondell Vaux to have lunch with Fletcher to see how far she went and, and get that interview uh, going on. But we've got a new segment on the show. Um, this was the brainchild of Nick Marionettes or Nick Marentes and, and L. Curtis Boyle. Uh, and we actually have a new little, because this is a professional show, we've got a new little intro graphic and, and, and sound bite that, uh, that Nick has produced for us. And this segment is going to be called Game On. So check this out, boys and girls. All right. Are you ready to get your game on? I believe Nick Marentes is. I'm used to every video from Nick having a flushing sound at the end of it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so All right. this one's called uh, Game On, and why don't you tell us the uh, the vision and the goals and, and the uh, conquest that we're going to have here with this segment, Nick. Okay, the vision that we make lots of money and uh, we retire very quickly and become world class. <laughs> oh, we're so oh, hang on, right now. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's basically just a talk. It's game talk. So we talk anything that's game related. So I thought, oh, yeah, let's give an intro intro called Game On. So mm. we talk anything about games. And in the last week, uh, Curtis and I have been sort of talking about uh, 
converting the old some of the old Coco three uh, P mode three games just uh, on a Coco on a Coco three where you can re we redefine the um, palette set just to give them a to change their color to um, colorize them better than what the defaults are on a standard Coco one and two. Right. So I just thought, well. I'll, I'll just write a simple program which allows us to um, to um, to load up um, a selection of Coco Three games, and um, that allows us to choose things like high clock speed and uh, the palette set. And uh, users can modify this basic program to to customize the choice of colors. But uh, Curtis and I have spent a bit of time uh, actually. Um, going through it and just mucking around with colors and trying to get something that we like. <laughs> but uh, the basic program, which I'll, I'll make available somewhere, I'm not sure yet <laughs> where to put it, um, so people can just download and they can add their own games and change the colors to, to suit what they prefer. Um, but anyway, um, I've, I've got the program. Now, I've got new bandwidth here at home, so I can try share my screen. Please do. So that, yeah, so with a bit of luck, it won't uh, let me just close a few windows and I am. Oh, you're running Linux Lane? That's cool. Not, yeah, that's why it's crashing. <laughs> it's a clear key. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will run a VCC. Now, I'll just share that, and hopefully it'll work. Now, where do we share again? God, I won't get this mixed up. Here I am. Sharing. Well, the, the menus are all upside down for you. I think that's why you always get confused with it. So. Okay. Can you see that? Okay. Does yeah, that come running. through? Yeah. The greatest okay. emulator ever made, VCC. Yes. Well, that's the only one I use. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a program written in BASIC. So I'll just run it up, and it's called Game Menu. And I've put four games on there, which I, I, I've always liked these these four in particular. Okay, um, I want to see Trapfall myself. That's the pitfall game. So Trapfall, um, okay, well, we'll do Trapfall first. Uh, first of all, the program allows you to, one, choose the, the game on the menu. So I do that. It then asks you whether you want double speed. Now, for Trapfall in particular, oh. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it you is, can, it you is can die a lot faster. Fast. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah. so I hit no to that. Then it asks if you want to see the enhanced Coco 3 colors or just the original. Now, I'll, I'll put the original up first so that you can see what it used to look like. Yeah. So I'll say no to that. It loads it up. And that's the original color set. Now, I haven't got a joystick hooked up proper, so I'm going to die very quickly. But that's, that's the original color set there. Yeah. The, the standard red, green, yeah. yellow, and, and blue. And ironically, and that was not too bad, actually. Those yeah. didn't look too bad for this game. Yeah, they, they weren't too bad. But um, in the process of trying to do this program, I thought, can we make it better? So I'll just restart VCC and run the menu again. Yeah, and the answer to that, of course, was no, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we spent uh, some time going through the colors yeah. here, trying to find things that looked uh, good. So the colors uh, have been predetermined. Is there? Would there be maybe a color editor if somebody wanted to maybe tweak it to be their well, own? Well, right now it's just data statements in the program. So you yeah, get so I'll, I'll show you how we change okay, those. I gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But I'll, I'll put up the um, the first example trapfall in its enhanced colors or the ones that we chose With, without double speed still right oh okay. uh, yeah i still i still say no to that because this game is just impossible to yeah play no, absolutely speed. absolutely so enhanced, enhanced color, color yes and then it, 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 oh. I didn't even put it rgb and composite so for the composite conversion i've used eric uh uh what gavrilex yeah. um uh, RGB to composite conversion. So I found that to be fairly accurate so, and I've tested it on my NTSC screen. It does look all right. But for the purposes of this exercise, I will choose RGB. So there oh, the RGB that goes. is cool, dude. So, oh, I yeah. love this. The pale blue background. It's a bit less uh, harsh than the standard that, ones. I would have never have imagined these colors. I don't know yes. that I would have picked these, and I, I, we, I approve. <laughs> we spent a lot of and time quite trying a bit to of time. come <laughs> Yeah. Like at first, we were trying to match the original versions of these games' colors, but in some cases, because of you have four colors and they had to make choices as to what colors do what, that didn't quite work. So we started, in some cases, just picking our own that we thought would Yeah. This is really nice. Yeah, I like so, that green. Yeah, that one looks good. Um, it's like a more uh, olive, like an army green, like olive drab, huh? Yeah, yeah. I think the original yes. had a had a dark green area mm -hmm. in the top here and had a lighter green just here to, to signify that you're running through jungle. But the thing is with the Coco, uh, it had a, um, a, a – well – VCC, this is an error in VCC, I think. Normally, you have a green border around yes, the edges, yeah. and it was too much green. Okay. Uh, so we thought, let's get rid of the green, and uh, we put sky there instead. So it looks a bit better there. Unfortunately, of course, we've only got the original four colors to play with. So things like yeah. that pond, that there was a pond popping, that one there, jump, is brown. Jump. So instead of water, oh, I haven't got a joystick, so I can't control it. Uh, um, so, yeah, instead of a pond of water, it's a pond of mud. So <laughs> Quicksand is what I call it. It's all okay. quicksand, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, is it meant to be quicksand or a pond? I don't know. I think in the original color set, it's blue, isn't it? Or is it some yeah. other color? I forget. But that's, um, that's Trapfall. Uh, okay. One of my, my favorite games that I really – what what started me on this was a game called the Touchstone, if mm. you've ever seen that, and it's a um it's a Teuton carnival to tank them or whatever it's called in the arcades, uh, um, arcade. It's a clone of to tank them or to Teuton carnival, whatever. So I'll say yes to double on this on this one. And uh, do you want to see the original colors or we go straight? Yeah, to I guess we hand? can look at. We'll do the before and after, I guess. Okay. Well, this is the original coming up. So okay, I, the touchstone, mm. yep. And uh, I'm not going to be able to control this. So, oh, yeah, I still can't control okay. it. So. Yeah, yeah this oh. is hurting my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, again, reasonable for the color computer yep. color set. But, mm. yeah, it's very strong. The nuclear green, the, you yeah. can actually feel the ra radioactivity coming off that yes. screen. Yes, I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> face cancer. It's the clown cancer. colors. Yes, clown yeah. colors. 
You now, can feel your eyeballs evolving while you watch this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now this game, I I, I felt that this game it, even back in the eighties, I thought this was a well done arcade conversion for the Coco um, for the Coco yeah, one and two. It played very arcade like it actually, and, and and on the Coco three at the higher clock rate and with the enhanced colours, which I'll bring up now, it looks even better. Now, I will do I one side bit here, uh, just as Nick's loading it back up. But uh, yes. when we were jumping through the code, we discovered there's a copyright notice in it because that was one I had listed on my site as unknown author because there's no credits on the screen, but there was in the code. So the actual person is Paulo, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name, I'm Castroganano of Brazil. Hmm. So the, we have a, Brazilian, a couple of Brazilian cocoa owners, and they have their little um, mini cocoa fest that they have there too. So I would love to see if, if one of those people can try to see if this guy is still around and get in contact with him. For an interview. Oh, also, also a Coco Three patch version released October tenth, nineteen eighty six, because that's in commented in the main program itself too, as just raw data. So it looks like there was a re-release. There was some, must have been some fix he had to do for the Coco Three. I, I remember back in in the day uh, when I got my Coco Three, I couldn't play this game on a Coco Three. I had a, I, I was playing it on the Coco One and Two, but it wouldn't work correctly on a Coco Three. So as a laugh, I thought I'd just bring it up just to remember what the graphics was like. And lo and behold, it worked. I, I, I downloaded it off the uh, Coco archive and it worked on a Coco 3. I couldn't understand why couldn't I play it back in the 80s. Anyway, this is version 1.1 it, it, uh, it yeah. mentions. Yeah, um, the original version was released in 1984 from Tom X and then this uh, updated version came out in October of 1986, just after the That's Coco. right, yeah. So this one works on the Coco 3. And um, anyway, I played it for quite some time because it's a great game. It's really well done, very good quality. And if we can find the author, we should interview him and just see if he did anything else. But yeah. anyway, let's start the game. So I've gone for a Much dark better. blue. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if that's the best color, but I'll show you what I've done and people can actually change Well, what the I colors. like about this is that black is now not the background color, but black is a, an accent color and it's yeah. not getting lost. That's right. And and, and black, black um, you could put a black background on there, just make the blue black and change the black to something else for the score. Um, but yeah, that's the beauty. You, you can just put whatever colors you want in there. Um, and that, this was a that, tough one to pick too, because the original arcade game, depending on which level you were on, the colors changed. So we just kind of compromised, and, and this one seemed to be the best overall. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Good choices. Now, if, if I reset the program and just load the menu, I can just quickly show you. Um, where if you want to add more programs to the menu and and, and where to um change I'll, I'll just see if i can does i wonder if width 80 is visible is that visible or is it too yeah, yeah, we can yeah. Oh, you can you can see it okay yep mm -hmm. all right well yeah if you list the program towards the end are these data statements where i put the game um details in so the first line is the full name of the game. So in this case, like this first one here, Lunar Rover Patrol. So you actually put the whole text in there. And that's what appears on the menu. So you don't have to mm -hmm. try to, to, to work out the file name, which is a Lunar Rover, 
and you're wondering, well, what, what's that game really? So the menu actually prints Lunar Rover Patrol, and then the next line is the actual file name, and it assumes .bin, uh, Lunar Rover, and the, the next line, the, the zero there, uh, it tells you, well, when the program goes to convert the palette, it's wondering whether, so it knows where to start changing the colors. Does it start from palette color zero or palette color four? See, this next one here, Puyan, is, is palette four. That's mm. because Puyan uses the white background. Yep, yep. Uh, so its colors are from four, five, and four, five, six, seven, whereas yep. the green background zero uses three. colors zero to three. So I thought so an easy way to do that. Versus screen one comma zero. Screen one comma one versus screen one comma zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, this is just an easy way. I thought, and well, rather than put a whole lot of code in there, just put yeah. a zero or a four, so the program knows what the colors to change. Um, then the last four digits are the four RGB colors. So uh, down here on trap full color zero because it's changing from from zero is 25 then number one is 53 number two is 34 number three is two now when you choose composite it uses a little table you see down the below here and that's the rgb the composite conversion table so it will then convert 25 to whatever the corresponding okay. number is here and it's it's fairly accurate you know i mean i I hate I hate composite myself, uh, NTSC composite, but this particular set of conversions uh, that um, Eric's done is actually fairly accurate. So, and that's what I use now in any games that I do. And I think um, Curtis has incorporated this in uh, in the EOU as well. Yeah, if the you want EOU, to tell people about that, yeah. that's coming out before the fest here is actually going to have that new color table built into it too. Yeah, so I found it to be accurate, so I thought, well, yeah, put it in and support those people who've only got a composite monitor. But that's basically it. And then you just run the program and, and those entries appear on the menu and you get the full name and you just press one, two, three, four, or whatever. Let's see what you did with Lunar Rover Patrol. Okay, hey, we, have Lunar. A, we have a question from our audience. Ah, uh, yep, I'll just, yep. Uh, the question is, can the frame, can you set the color on that? Ah, you're talking about this border. The border, yeah. No, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> we, we were hoping we could, but those borders, those uh, normally would be a bright green or a, a bright white, uh, mm -hmm. is fixed. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. They can't. emulated the, the, the VDG chip a little too closely for that, unfortunately. They didn't. Yeah, it locks up. Does, that really nice. does it assume the yeah. same color as, the, as color zero then? Or four, depending which. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, see, this is where VCC has a problem. That should be green. Yeah. So it's not it's not yeah. handling handling the border. So on a real cocoa, uh, that would be a bright green, and um, they're the colours we chose for Lunar Rover Patrol. So if I could start it, but I don't have a joystick attached, so I can't. But anyway, you can see what the title screen looks like. Um, it's a slightly darker green than the green that normally yeah. goes in the in the border because i think the original game had uh the brighter green here and it just looked terrible you know it was blending in with the border like there's just an excess amount of nuclear green on the screen mm -hmm. so we went for a slightly darker gray 
uh, our green rather. We did actually try a grey as well. I think we were trying to. We figured this is the moon, isn't it? Because yeah. Earth is there, so maybe that should be a grey. So we tried the grey, and it was all right. But uh, uh, I, I just decided let's go for colour. Let's give the moon a blue sky and a green green mountains. <laughs> <This is, laughs> well, the moon is made out of cheese. So well, that's right. Well, this is the part of the moon. This is on the da- on the on the dark side of the moon. Mm. That, so we don't know what the moon's really like on that side, right? Uh, right, yeah. Ron. <laughs> It's a great, uh, great paradise on the other side, and, and no one knows it. And here we are on the cocoa. We can. <laughs> so where, where are all these programs stored? I, I'm not sure. I'm going to put it somewhere where people can download. Whether it's going to be on my on a website or. No, I didn't mean that. I mean. Oh, uh, oh I, I, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Oh, I, I just got the these off the Coco Archive. Yeah, the standard Coco Archive. No. And the disc image that has the menu actually has these games on it, so you. you oh, okay. That's the the yeah, yeah. These ones I put on the disc. So if I do a okay. uh, directory of the disc. I have. No, I did years ago. That. I did this Lunar Rover Patrol, and I did come up with a gray, blue, to black that actually didn't look too bad. Which Nick and I just could not figure out how to recreate, and I lost my notes. So I'm still going to try to get that done, and we'll have an alternative version so you guys can try a couple different versions. So we can download this. We don't have to type this in. Now put well, it in this, the put it in the new Rainbow Magazine as a type in. <laughs> Good idea. Just right link. Pause the podcast when he, he when he did the listing and type yeah. it in from there. Yeah, real quick, do a, do a quick shift at as it's going through the screen. Okay, you ready for it? <laughs> yeah. Right, start right. typing. Oop, it's not there. Uh, I'm going to load it up first. <laughs> <laughs> that was with a short 80. program. With 80, with 80. That was the encrypted <laughs> version. Yeah. Get ready to pause. All right, okay. For those of you listening so to you the podcast, this is this your, is the sound uh, of a program. Being... <laughs> there it is now. Type it in. 1200 baud like a modem. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I could uh, give this to, well, Mark can put it in the uh, rainbow if he wants. It's not too yeah. long. Oh, oh, no, it'd be great. Perfect length. You won't get all the programs that are on the disc as well. But these are just downloaded off the uh, So you got Lunar Rover, Rover so. Puyan, Touch, and Trap Puyen, Ball. Yeah. the classic Puyan. We'll, we'll end on Puyan. Okay, so is this different than the already, there's already a Coco 3 no, uh, crack well, version. Actually, or patch version out there. But just uh, so that people can change the colors to what they want, yeah. um, I've um, you can change it to whatever you want. And, of course, I recommend... Uh, Except the music goes like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think these are what the uh, patch version is. Wow. I like could, that. Could we patch pale, the music? Yeah. All we need is Brian's uh, no, voice no. there. So... And what and 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 for a laugh, I'll I'll quickly I'll. I I'll like the I like that pale yellow. Yeah, I think that might be the only part that is different to the patch version that you normally find. I just thought, no, there's enough white, and and, and this time around, this is correct that the border is meant to be white. Um, right. But yeah, I thought, oh, I, I, there's enough white there. Let's go for something a bit better. Of course, I can't play this with a mouse. Um, just for those uh, who want to laugh, let's run it in its original glory. And I, I got to say, to the credit, this is one of the few games using those nuclear puke colors yeah. that actually does a good job using the colors. It's not too bad, but it's also a bit 
strange that Puyan, the actual game Puyan, would have actually looked better in the green colour set yeah, because absolutely. the colours do match better. Why they went to this, I don't know. They just wanted it to look a bit different to the normal. Yeah. Um, to the normal. Uh, they wanted it to stand out in a dark room, I guess. I don't know. Yes. So there it is. Yeah, VCC is doing a. I'll just get rid of this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, VCC is so, not doing a good job of translating those palettes well. They they actually are not this loud on the real Coco. The VCC palettes uh, a little off. Yeah, maybe they're a bit VCC's strong. Yeah, but, yeah. So uh, it's going from this uh, overly colorful version of Puyan, which. No other version of Puyen on any other computer has these colors, but uh, it, this one would have worked really well with the uh, blue, red, yellow, and the green yeah. color set. Uh, and why they are, didn't do it, I don't know. But anyway, those are Easter colors. Easter colors, Ron says. <laughs> colors. Easter colors. Yeah. But now you can you can change it to whatever you want by editing the program. So okay. And what I think we'd like to suggest for people that I'm do downloads. Music. Make it stop! Make it stop! One, one snick put this up. I, I'd like to see some people maybe see if they can come up with better color sets than we did. You know, because we only do a couple of hours trying. Oh, to do you know what we could do for it? We can make that another contest. Yeah, I don't know contest. what prize we're going to give away, but I like this whole contest idea. So yeah, and we, we could even like, pick a couple specific games and and make a new disc and then let people you know submit their own versions of the color schemes that they. Hey, that up. could be a a, con a contest for the uh, Coco Fest. Who brings their best versions of uh, Popo? Yeah, Car best pal. Now, but here's the thing, though: you have to. This program has to be tailored to each program. It's going to hack, right? Because you got to know where. Well, memory yeah. to poke the values for the palettes and everything else no, yeah. you're just setting palette registers there's no pokes it's oh the so we're so we're not modifying the no, code we're at not all modifying the code at ah. all. we're changing the clock speed of the coco 3 so so literally so literally this program could be fairly easily modified to include new games so you just find the game you like oh yeah yeah and yeah. then you just put in that table so if you follow the data structure like you have we could just add more things to the menu right. and add yeah. new palette choices now, a disclaimer, there are some games that are, uh, they load in spots that will overwrite basic. So yeah, there's certain yeah, games so that you with, not easy. The basic, this basic, basic menu program gets in the way, I'm not sure. But these ones seem to work okay. But on the those cases, thing, you can create a special program that just creates the palettes and then exits right away. And then you load them and exec your other yeah, you know, yeah, problems manually yeah, yeah. and you'll get the new colors. So, Because I'm thinking right. like um, some of the games like... Uh, uh, Cashman might be kind of cool and well and the thing is uh, time what's what was the other one time banded time banded now, yeah that may be um, but the thing is Cashman and um and uh, time banded are P mode four games they mm. use the artifacting not really so uh there may be cracked versions or modified versions on the Coco archive, so you could load those up and change whatever four colors they had chose. Oh, actually, that they'll probably um, well, Cashman, because no, Cashman lets you change the palette set at the home screen where you can choose yeah. the, oh, the, 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 oh, okay. the palette yeah. market so they can get some. So, color. so yeah, uh, so okay, yep, yep, yep. So it would work there as well. At least Cashman would. I'm not sure about time. Hey guys, I have another idea too. Uh -oh. uh, While you're doing this, you can do like a Vectrix uh, overlay. Uh, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like earlier, 
Vectrex has uh, no. Vectrex had the clear, the clear, uh, clear film that went in front of the screen for different colors yeah. of tinted colored stuff. That would so, totally change things, also. Well, not not really, because you're if you put colored overlays on there, like if, for example, I have this green background, I want to make it blue. Putting a blue uh, cover on the front's not going to give you a blue screen. You just it's add yellow because yellow probably and green give make you, blue. Um, blue and yellow, well, and yellow yeah. or maybe even make it black and <laughs> make it dark. <laughs> so I don't know if, if that would work when you're dealing. The, the Vectrex works because it's a black and white screen. Yeah, so, so like on yeah. a P Mode 4 game using the high res black and white, P -mode mode, that would 4, work. You could yeah. do that. Yeah, yes. like Microbes or Dagrath or something like that. You could yeah. try that. That's yeah. right. You can do the Vectrex trick. Now, there is another thing, and uh, in closing, I will bring this up. For anyone else who has a Coco, RG, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the RGB, um, what's a Coco VGA? A, a Coco VGA. If you have a Coco VGA, anyone who has one of those might want to take this program and, and, I don't know, modify it to suit a Coco VGA. So then you could have a version of this program that will run on a Coco 1 and 2 with a Coco VGA and you can do a similar thing. Uh, a Coco VGA has a, a larger color palette, I think 512 colors, so you can go nuts uh, and, and, and do really change the colors uh, to whatever you want there. So, so, so we need a mathematician to come up with all the different... Uh, well, I, have, I haven't got a Coco VGA, so I, I couldn't test all that. So anyone who has a Coco VGA can modify the program. Oh, I forgot to, to tell um, you. Um, hey, Nick. Yep. Look under your chair. <laughs> look under my chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's oh, getting Coco VGAs today. So, <laughs> all, all I can find is the bubble gum I stuck under there. <laughs> <laughs> I will so, mention yeah, Coco VGA palette is is three bits per color, which is exactly the same as the Atari ST. So, if you find a color chart for an Atari ST, the Coco VGAs exactly match that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll now unshare as soon as I find where the hell that's done uh, again. We had another uh, viewer comment. Uh, yes. Said try the try the game Dragonfire. That's from Matchy. Hey, Simon. Uh, Dragonfire. Yeah, is that a P mode four game though? No, no it's, it's P mode three, but it's one that mixes both color sets multiple times. Uh, on the same uh, uh, yes. Um, I don't. That one would have to try. I, I I would assume that would work. Does that yeah. even run on the Coco three? I don't know if it does. I can I give it, it a try. Proper codes. I know you can change at least per scanlin. I don't know if you can change multiple times per scanlin the Coco Three. I yeah, I must. I must check. But th that would be a good one. But that one, I'd have to modify the, uh, the oh, well, program because it's doing all eight colors. So maybe yeah, I can make yeah set up, all eight. set up a special entry that looks for for um for that game and says I'm going to do all eight colors. But yeah, that would fix that game up quite well. Tim Franklin was one that asked about the frame. So anyway, yeah, minus the the frame, yeah. And okay. that's it. Yes, I'd like to just add a little bit the teaser here since it's a game segment. If you don't mind for a minute. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh, Oh, I recognize that. Okay, you would. Commodore sixty four. Uh, yes. Space taxi. Okay. 
So it's just something I've played with a little bit. And uh, looks like my wife is ready to go somewhere, so I'm going to have to drop off here. But, uh, yeah, I've been experimenting. So we'll see. Okay. So what's that for, the Coco VGA? Uh, no, actually, this is for the three, but it would probably work on a VGA. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Because Coco VGA, you can define those characters and, uh, and and get it to look just like that, yeah. Yeah, this was something that when I was doing it, and I, I seen some of the Coco VGA stuff he's doing, attended assembly, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, could probably do it on that. Yeah. But, you know, I only have so much time, and I'm way behind on projects now, so I doubt if I'm taking on a Coco VGA project as well. But <laughs> You just have to sacrifice some sleep, that's all. <laughs> and you still have to get that bigger house, you can have three or four printers. So. <laughs> you might need an extra room for the Coco VGA now, too. So Yeah. Hmm. You might as well just buy a mansion and be done with it, and just have, you know, the, VGA, the MC10 wing, the Coco 3 wing. Well, you know, yeah, it's... it's uh, and the humans can live outside in the outhouse. <laughs> All right, uh, Steve, uh, you might want to close us off with that great video uh, intro. We'll end on that, eh? Hey, because I want to hear the tune again. All right, so we're gonna. We're, I got Okay, so I've got to share my sound again. Oh, hold okay. on one second here. And this this segment will be for like hacking games, for tips and playing games, and all kinds of things. Basically, anything game related. So. We could probably even do game reviews as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. start off with something small, like do yeah. the OS nine games. I, I wouldn't so. mind doing a piggyback on the Coco <laughs> Crew. Whatever game that Neil does for that particular month, we can actually show it playing live. That'd be a pretty pretty good segment, I think. Yeah. And Neil's expressed interest in actually joining us for that. But if yeah. you can't. Yeah. Reason and I can, can maybe show you guys my ripping tool and things like that also during this segment time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the idea because of the I game on. Grabbed, yeah, I grabbed that data from uh, Commodore screenshots. Cool. Okay. Cool. And brought it into my tool, which then can creates the tiles for the Coco stuff. Okay. We've been joined by Simon Jonason, the Madman. Welcome, Simon. World traveler soon. Yes. Hi yeah. guys. <laughs> hey. All right. Bye guys. All right. Okay. okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play the game on thing here to bookend this and end this segment. And then I'm gonna run another commercial and we'll be back with some okay. news. All right. That concludes a game on segment with Nick Marentes and L. Curtis Boyle. Hello, I'm David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a Gameplay Goodness gameplay. Color Computer Gaming DVD today, gameplay. head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring Color Computer Gameplay videos by the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh. So to get your very own copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. It's a Radio Shack Merry Christmas. This year, I needed to give a real family pleaser. 
Honey, please help me with this budget. How about a new game, Dad? Please. And I found it. Radio Shack's Color Computer 2. On sale for just $99.95. It entertains, educates, manages. It's expandable and affordable. Now that really pleases me. The Color Computer 2. Sale price for Christmas. Only at Radio Shack. We now return you to Colcol Talk. Hey, what, oh what monitor was that in that ad? Oh, it was probably one of their TVs. Was it? Because um, it, uh, it looked like the Commodore uh, 1701 monitor. Because I just set my 1701 uh, monitor up and uh, a Commodore 64, and it's, it's it looks exactly... It looks exactly like the monitor there. It's it's actually made by JVC, but uh, hmm. maybe uh, maybe it's the same t monitor that uh, Tandy was selling as well. It does anyway. have the same same shape. It has the same shape, and I think it was even the same color that brownie Commodore sixty four color. Yeah. Didn't didn't Tandy use those uh, Magnavox? Was it Magnavoxes? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But it's the CM eight was on Magnavox, I believe. Meh. It says Radio Shack on it, from what I can see. All right, okay. I freeze-framed freeze it on the YouTube feed. All right, well, we got a lot of news to cover. Are we ready for news, boys and girls? Sure. Yes. Are we ready for this? All right. Yes, do it. Yes! Was nowhere of the world. All right, well, we got all kinds of news. Um... Now, David O'Connor could not be with us today, but I, I thought this one was kind of interesting. I came across this. This is from 1976, and this was the world's first musical computer. This was like a, I don't know, BBC archive type achieved. thing. And um, this unit is much more than basic computer science. This is the world's only stochastic computer. Now that means that it works in a fashion very similar to the human brain. It's possible to feed into this unit so much knowledge about a particular subject, in this instance they've chosen music, that when it's faced with a musical situation, it reacts quite instinctively. So they actually get, they taught it some chords and it started to improvise music. And this is going back to 1967. So I thought this was kind of interesting. I thought David might get a kick out of this. I'm not going to play too much of it because uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a copyright flag. But uh, I'll keep these tabs open and we'll put links to all these things in the show notes to um, the show after the show is done. But I thought that was kind of cool and I thought David might get a kick out of that. David's not with us today, um, but hopefully he'll be back on another episode. So we'll move on from there. We got all kinds of other things to go on. So here's Robert uh, Stieg. Is that how we pronounce his name? Robert Stieg. A bit of an idea. And so he was showing us, I don't know, Robert's been up to all kinds of crazy stuff right now, all kinds of shenanigans. But he's been showing off, what was this video called? This video was called, I had a couple from Robert. This is a sample method of copying a high-resolution screen to the SG6 using the MCX and VMC, but it works on a real MC10. With an MCX, that's the, that's the media extender, right? Also, you can draw, use circles, preset lines, and anything else you want to use uh, on here. Maybe it's drawing it in memory. And I don't remember what he did here, so I'm going to scroll around here. Uh, but I think he ended up putting graphics in here. Yeah, here we go. So he's actually got it to the point where, I'm not sure where he's drawing now, but he's got it where he you can use some of the uh, 
graphical plotting things to to plot out semi-graphics. I thought that was kind of cool. He's had a, you know he's done a number of these things. You've seen him where he's taken these pictures and redithered them to work with different patterns and show up as um, as kind of like the four color stuff. So this was one of a few things that Robert had. There was another one he did. I don't know if I if I save that one. Uh, here's a picture of it here where he's got it where it's actually plotting these circles and lines and stuff in semi-graphics, which is kind of cool. What is the SG6? What what resolution is that? 64 by 48. 64 by 48. It's a little okay. higher than the standard set reset graphics. Okay. Okay. So that looks pretty cool. And so just doing some things with the MC10, you know, as as we all should. So I thought that was kind of cool. There was another one I meant to get from him. I don't know if I got that one. So... Um, but showing the MC-10, not just Jim Gary, but other people are showing the MC-10 some love too. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so here's something kind of interesting. And I, I save this for a reason only because this is kind of leading into a bigger discussion. And um, uh, this is getting into the future of not only the, the video game consoles, but the whole craze of the minis. So, um, you know, the NES Mini and the Super NES Mini, that led into like a Commodore 64 Mini. They're now going to a model of, um, they're going to be releasing a Sega Genesis Mini. And, and I think somebody was talking about the Commodore 64 Mini recently, and it got me thinking, you know, because that's got basic ROMs in it, that's Microsoft Basic. And I think at that time, the deal Commodore had was they, they owned it, right? They didn't have to license each copy. I think if I remember reading the book from Boise and Bill, that that was the last time Microsoft sold the operating system outright, and they went to a licensing model. Um, but I believe the Commodore, they own the basic. And, and so the fact they can make a Commodore 64 mini console uh, is great. But, you know, will we ever see a Coco mini? It's it's hard to say. Um, well, there's an extra licensing thing with, with Tandy, though, because that was a three-way thing, right? Like at Microsoft and Tandy both had part of the copyright? Could be. You have to get Not permission sure. from both of them to make a mini, yeah. whereas Commodore, I think, was just because they had the rights, it was just them. So maybe. actually, this is Microware the wrong. Microware 2, right? Microware patched it for the. If year. you're on Coco 3, yes, not on the Coco Yeah, 2. yeah. Um, so so we have these mini consoles that are coming out. So there is, there's a number of them. Um, uh, the ones that are coming out now are, I guess, supposedly like you know, f definitely the, the Nintendo, the NES mini and the SNES mini. Those are made by Nintendo. So Nintendo has all the licenses for that. Nintendo still owns that. Um, so um, the, there was a PS1 Mini that has come out. They're getting ready to come out with a Sega Genesis Mini, which will, which will be interesting. The C64 Mini has come out. Um, but the other thing that, I, that got me thinking too was, so this is kind of the future of, of game consoles, whereas Microsoft is going to be releasing the a next generation. Oh, who's holding that up there? Simon's holding up the mini. Uh, you have the NES mini, Simon. That was a C sixty four, wasn't it? Oh, C sixty four mini. I mean, you have the C sixty four mini. Looks like he's got both. Yeah. I've got both of them. Yeah, the C sixty four mini. And that and that that'll let you get into basic, right? Yes, it will. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And, and that really, you know, I think that's our big problem is when, when, when can we release an official Cocoa product? I think the, the basic ROM introduces a challenge. Um, I also was thinking about this. So the, the future of at least Microsoft's idea here is Microsoft is going to be dropping 
physical media altogether. So their their next Xbox will not have a disk drive at all. This is mostly cost reduction um, to not have it. And so they're going to a digital download model. And I, I have mixed feelings about this right now. I find it to be super convenient, but think about all the cartridges that we have now and think about the disk images that we have now and, and the things that are kind of preserved. Um, you know, what, what is a, what is a future retro gamer going to have to look forward to when you got nothing you can touch. And right now everything lives in this hard drive. You have to hope the hard drive lasts. Number one, number two, the way Microsoft works right now is if you lose internet connectivity, you can't play these digital downloads because it has to constantly be able to kind of phone home to the mothership to validate your digital rights management. So if you lose the internet in the middle of a game, it'll stop playing saying, Do you, I can't verify that you own this copy. So what's going to happen, you know, 20 years from now when you've got this console with all these digital downloads, what is that, Simon? That is 200 games. Okay. Are they official or are they like generic ones? Um, no, it's, it's kind of it's an eight-bit console yeah. which runs on batteries and and uh, composite out. Yeah, uh, I'm going to bring one to Coco for so you can see it. Cool, because a lot of these games can actually be ported to Coco Free very very easily. Oh, okay. So some inspiration there. Yes. Well, look look what happened with um, Nintendo recently. They closed the Wii Marketplace, so you can't buy or uh, download any of your uh, down your uh, digital games anymore. What was that, Nick? I'm sorry? Nintendo closed the Wii shop. So right, any, right, right. Any software you bought, right. you can't download again. Right. So, you so can't that's, even back it up. Yeah. That, the, I, I, see that as a, I see that as a two-fold problem. Number one, you don't have a physical backup. Number two, you can't even use what you've paid for when they shut down the validation networks. And that's gonna, happened on some of the massive multiplayer games from days of yore in the PC, like even 10, 15-year-old games now. They yeah. shut down the servers, and you can no longer play them. Yeah, yeah. For the Wii, for the Wii, you just need to you just need to hike in the homebrew channel when you've got. Well, them. yeah, but some people, like technical people, can do that. Like I've done that, yeah. but there are people who don't have that um, technical ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in the future, they're going to have free internet across the country. Correct. Free internet across. Yeah, uh, somebody just be. said that recently, like Google or somebody. They're going to try I wouldn't, that wouldn't solve the problem, though, because if the servers are gone, there's, the game's still gone, so we, free internet doesn't help you. Yeah, yeah. So the, what the, I'm the, saying the, is they won't interrupt. It'll come from above. You'll have a well, that brings up link. That brings up a question. I mean, do we really own these games that are no. just us? Are you just leasing them while you, you play them? You know? Yeah. Yep. I mean, you're paying full price, and you technically you, you own it as long as the back end <laughs> systems are still reachable. So even if they're the internet becomes the free, yeah, they're yeah. killing the reselling market and they're killing the uh, retro market. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there's no future here. There's no future that 30 years later somebody wants to pull up a retro console from today. You're not going to be able to access the content. But again, people with technical abilities can, because I mean, you can download all the WiiWare stuff. Like if you, if you have right. technical acuity, you can do it. Right. It just so closes off the people who don't. If if Microsoft was, if they were, if what they would, what they should do to make this future proof was they would they would have to sunset the network when they say, hey, we're out of this console's retired. You know, we're not looking to support it. They should sunset. 
the network by take by removing that dependency where these games will work offline. Um, that's the only honorable thing to do to to make sure people can still use what they paid for. But well, the the you know hard to say. But it's an interesting thing to consider. You know, the future of retro collecting I think is not as bright because we're in this digital non tangible world now. You know, I agree. Is PlayStation following suit. Well, supposedly, I just read somewhere that the PlayStation 5 has not dropping the disc. They're still going to have the disc. Um, so the disc is really a physical backup. But the you know when you get a disc on day one and you pop it in, it's still got to download a fifty gigabit up, a fifty yeah. gigabyte update the minute you pop it in. But you have that disc, you know, um, and 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 the copyright protection is validated against the physical disc versus the, an online server. So there are some benefits to the disc. Uh, the downside, too, is if you scratch your disc or you lose your disc, you're SOL. But uh, anyways, we, we probably beat this one to death unless you guys have more to say on that. I have a piece of retro news that's uh, not directly related to Coco. Uh, yeah. Actually at all. But today until tomorrow, the PlayStation Classic is on sale for $50 off at Best Buy in Canada and the U.S. Ah. And, and it is very hackable. Uh, you can add emulators for Super Nintendo, Nintendo, all that stuff. Ah. So actually, I picked one up. So ah. they're, on sale for, they're on sale for $30. Okay, let me, let me just follow up with that by saying that if you, um, uh, if you own a, a halfway decent PC and you go to the Ubisoft website, they're right now for PC only giving a free download of Assassin's Creed uh, Unity which took place in ancient France because it's like an homage to um, Notre Dame since Notre Dame is basically kind of burnt down. So they're giving away a free download for that for PC through April 25th. So you've got five more days to cash in on that uh, free PC download. I just got it. I've got it on the Xbox One. But again, it's like one of these weird digital things where it's downloaded to that Xbox, but I can't play it on a different Xbox. It's just a big pain in the ass. So um, I now have a digital download of that for the PC. Um, and that was actually a really cool game if you like those type of games. But you actually get to hang out and, and do some stuff inside the Cathedral of Notre Dame um, in the game. So b back in ancient times, you know. Um, all right. So we're moving on from that subject there. So the future of retro collecting. I just comment on the subject just for a second. Oh, hey, Steve Bjork. Welcome. Hey, hey. Steve. Hey there. Um, one of the things about uh, them shutting down the store for the Wii does not mean that they're shutting down the authorization on the games that you already bought. It just means you won't be able to buy anymore. Right. Or redownload them. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, no. Well, that's the thing is once it's on your console, internally it's still authorized yeah if you have to back if you're bringing it for a backup that's the problem but you know the problem with we did download downloadable content is they tied it to the actual physical Wii. yes so if i've got another Wii, i can't get the i can't play those games because the internal id is different yeah so I'm, right. so I'm stuck and, with and that is that is a problem that's the reason why microsoft uses your Microsoft account to authorize everything the way they should, the way everybody yeah. else does, except for Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, why did Taddy do that? Why did Nintendo do that? <laughs> yeah, well, Nintendo got burned quite a bit on piracy there, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, I know. And, yeah. um, and they, they still feel that if, if you are using one of the Donkey Kong ROMs on an emulator from the NES, you are ripping them off. Yeah. They're very strong on that. Yeah. So it, it's it's 
it's not a perfect world. Some companies are doing better jobs than other companies as far as allowing you to continue using your content. But you're right. When it's tied to a particular hardware and your Wii dies, you've lost your games. Yeah. I believe authors should be compensated, definitely. I just think that they've gone. There's also fair use um, for the stuff that you buy yourself. That, yeah. That's where, yeah. That's where I have a problem. Well, you know, uh, when I was writing games, obviously we had to put some sort of protection in the games to keep them from being pirated because I've lost a lot of money due to piracy. But still, but one of the things that I never liked is if somebody couldn't see my game before they bought it and then after they bought it, they're stuck with it. I never liked that either. So that's the reason why I at least always had a demo mode in the game so that that cartridge would play in the Radio Shack store, so you could at least see if you liked the game or didn't like it. But, yeah. you know, I mean, it also worked great for advertising because every one of my games I tried uh, to put a demo mode in there. And of course, that encouraged the managers to play my game opposed to a game that just sat there on the start screen. Absolutely. Sell some units. Megabug uh, was awesome. I kept hearing, we gotcha. <laughs> uh, the other thing. In regards to like Nintendo with the uh, classic Nintendo and the other games they do, some of the games that Nintendo had that was third party, they actually did buy the rights to, where um, a lot there's other games they didn't. That's the reason why on things like the mini classic and what have you, there's a rather unusual collection of games on there mostly Nintendo, some third party, but those third parties were the ones that they bought and they're selling them directly. Oh, so they te right. they're technically they're own, they own the rights to them. Exactly. Where like, for example, when I was at THQ, those games were owned by THQ, but we got the ability to license them onto the Nintendo. So Nintendo wouldn't have rights to the game. We just had the rights to put them on the Nintendo. Right. And, of course, that was the dirty little secret. Nintendo manufactured the cartridge, so uh, of the $60 a game would cost, it would be lucky if THQ made about 10 bucks. Hmm. Nintendo yep. was making the lion's share on all those. Oh, yeah. That's why they but, stuck with uh, cartridges so long. Yeah. So, you know, if you buy one of these uh, game systems and they have a lot of unusual or Japanese uh, games on them, that's yeah. why, because they own the rights to those. Yeah. Hey, I just thought of something because I'm watching Simon smoke his little uh, skinny thing there. So the question was, Simon, let's just let's just get it out in the air here. So um, you, I'm assuming you're you're smoking your own hand-rolled cigarettes that happen to contain tobacco, but we're not here to judge. But just out of curiosity, what are you smoking, Simon? That that question came up from the last episode <laughs> you're on because it looked like you were smoking a nice doobie there. So <laughs> I, I, I'll show you exactly what I'm smoking. <laughs> is this a new segment? <laughs> a new segment. Is a new segment. What right? is Simon what smoking? Yeah, because I remember you guys talking about it, saying, "Look like Simon was smoking something." Yeah, I'm so scary. glad you asked. Me. <laughs> <laughs> when you ask I the question, people are afraid. I, I don't do weed. I don't do weed because get thrown with it. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> what is that now? Paul Mall oh, 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 oh. So we can keep our family-friendly rating. 
Yeah, and in, in the old days, programs were sponsored by tobacco companies. So, brought to you by Winston. This the segment brought to you by on the box. Yeah, so hold up that <laughs> yeah. box again, Paul. Yeah, show us the box. It's got What's a kid for a cigarette. It's got a picture of a kid, and it says, uh, "Children smokers often start smoking." It's uh, oh, anti-smoking. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have that up here in Canada too. Uh, I'll show the other one. Oh, we have the black lungs in Canada. (laughs) They show the black lungs deteriorating in Canada. Yeah, they're pretty graphic. And gum disease and all kinds of stuff. It's just like they're trying to scare you off. But they happily take tax money. Here we have this one. Here we have this one, which is the one one of one. It's it's an amputated leg. It's like oh, beautiful. From like diabetes or whatever. Yeah, smoking can cause, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Poor circulation? Yes. I thought maybe you actually lit fire to your leg and have to use an anti or something. Yeah. We thought the warnings that were on cigarettes in America was bad. Yeah, smoking can cause your leg to fall off. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Smoke Talk. Side effects may include diarrhea. And not so, so for those of you wondering what Simon was smoking, it was not the Mary Jane. So it it's was a the Palm Mall. Good old fashioned Palm Mall. Now, does do those still contain like all your other additives like nicotine and everything else, or is that like a cleaner what, tobacco? What am I drinking? What am I drinking? Royal Classic. What is that? Is that beer? Yeah. Okay. And that's because it's half past nine at night. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, well, there was no judging. We're, we're just yeah, yeah, and and if you were smoking weed, we're not going to judge because hey, most of the most of the country and most of the world, it's legal. It's anyways. legal here. Yeah. It's legal yeah. here. It's now, actually so. I, 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 currently here. It's not legal as such. There are clinical trials for for uh, because people have been protesting it, the prohibition of it. Um, mm. There are clinical trials, but. It's only a select few that get to try it, but I, I don't judge it because a lot of people, a lot of people, can self-medicate. A lot of people in pain. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that has some medical uses. Um, doctors say that four out of five people who smoke marijuana enjoy Coco Talk. So. Um. <laughs> if you experience Coco Talk for more than four hours, yes, it, and, and the other one either fell asleep or is busy. Yeah, ta- yeah, jacket. marijuana it takes away shirts. the pain of Coco Talk. So, yeah, I would say it'd be a hundred percent. Like after this shows over, you need a good joint. Yeah, just remember, in brain, we finally have a solution for you. Yeah. Just remember, so, if you're a smoker, stay out of California. Disneyland is about to make the entire uh, park, the two parks, and everything. Uh, non-smoking it means if you need to take up a smoke you got to walk about a half hour before you can find a spot to smoke yeah good luck with that yep of course they'll offer you nicotine patches at the gate <laughs> yeah but they, actually that's <laughs> part of the thing is they recommend people start bringing their nicotine patches there yep. you go. I imagine- to the other kind of stuff you could just you know get some edibles at one of the restaurants on site right yeah right <laughs> Does that include like the vapes and everything too? So no, no, no exhaling no, of any type no of fumes. Vape, no, no nicotine. Yeah. There you go. We should have... sell Mickey teen patches. Yeah, what about Nick Marotatine? Mickey teen. The one thing I wish they'd get rid of Disneyland is those dang bubblers, where you they they make bubbles. So all these kids walk around with these bubblers, and you're walking oh, yeah. through the crowds, and you're getting 
soap bubbles in your eyes. Yeah. It's like uh, you're getting cleaned as you as you go through. We, we uh, can use this on Coco Talk because that can be yes. our way to wash your mouths up with soap. So. Yes, there you yes, go. yes, yes. All right, we're going to get back to the news here. we got more things to <laughs> yep. cover. All right, we're moving back. That was a little tangent. Yes, yes. So, by the way, Simon's smoking tobacco, for those of you who are curious. So, put that um, in the show notes. Yeah, put that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Paul Mall. Um, so, uh, Ed Snyder is showing us some pictures of his uh, serial module doohickey here that comes off the side of the sidecar. So, this gives you your two RS-232 ports on the um, Mega Mini MPI. So, that's looking pretty good. I think he had a few other pictures of it. I don't know if I'm going the right way. That's, the, that's what the module looks like without the 3D printed case. So, what are these? Just USB ports that plug into this. And then on the other side, so this this adapts like your USB to RS-232 adapter? I believe yeah, so. Basic, basically, they have an FTDI chip, uh, so you don't have to have a serial RS-232 serial port in your computer. So you just you go, go USB, and, but then it goes to the UART. And, uh, okay, so, so basically you plug a U, so this, this adapter is, an, is the USB serial adapter. So you plug mm -hmm. a generic USB cable here to your PC, and then this feeds it like it was the serial port. That's what I understand, yeah. Okay, all right. I, so I, that, that's what I understood too. Okay, that's pretty cool, right? And that's what it's going to look like on the side of the MPI. So this is, an, I guess, an optional module if you want the serial port. So the serial ports are technically built into it, but this is an adapter mm -hmm. that would let you do it over USB. And if not, right. you would have to get a USB to serial adapter. Okay. Correct. Does that cool. also to uh, having a mouse plugged into it? No. Mm, no. Well, no. Is, which, actually, is he using just 16550s or did he have a 6551 in there too? I can't remember. No, honestly, I don't. Oh, I, I can't tell they, by looking I at the pictures. Okay, because if you had a 6551, there is a driver for Nitrous 9 that does run Microsoft and Logitech serial mice through the serial port. So. Yeah, well, you'd have to you'd have to have basically a, a 232 Max 232 instead of that, because as far as I know, the the internally it's just TTL, and then that just jumps it to USB versus. Oh, okay. You can make something actual 232. Where's okay. David right. Ladd when we need him? USB yeah. TTL RS 232. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. So our good friend of the show, Bryza Brian Palmer, the Bruiser, started showing that he's working on some assembly code with some assistance from our very own Simon Jonason. So it started off looking like he had a diamond. Now he's got what looks like a spaceship, and so he is living the dream, and he's doing some stuff in assembly. So that looks pretty cool. I like it. And so there you have it there. Anything you want to share with us, Simon, or what you've been doing with him to help him or anything like that, or is that just kind of? Oh, just basically because Brian was just uh, Brian was fuffing about. He was piddling about trying to hack uh, his infamous 210 scan line mode which wasn't implemented on the on, on the guy guy give me a, 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 i never I, I can't pronounce the bloody word <laughs> you know for me it's just guy in france it's legime <laughs> yeah something <laughs> like that you know <laughs> and what he basically done was had like a, a 200 a 225 and he was bashing registers here and there and he got he actually got a a, a pretty stable 210 scan line overscan. Um, but you can go much further beyond that. It's just a question of timing. It's a question of PIA and, and, and the guy and gimme because they both have their own interrupts and whatever. Uh, one on one edge, one on the other. One is programmable, one isn't. 
Um, but but yeah, uh, so it was like, well, oh, I can't get this to work. I can't get that to work. I can't get that to work. So all right, well, tell me what you what you want to do. What is? And he's like, I want to do graphics. All right, so I'm going to show you how. Basically, you're going to set up the design uh, for a given mode, and I'm going to explain to you how the nibbles on the bytes work with the 16 colors and we're going to plot something on the screen and that's basically where it is i mean i i, I take anybody at any level at the end of the day mm -hmm. cool cool well it looks cool and um so you've helped out a lot of people you've helped paul thayer with some projects you helped lee patterson so yeah so um simon's there to lend a hand if you've got some assembly questions so very cool neat to see Need to see somebody doing something here. This was kind of cool too. So for those of you guys not aware, so Carlos Camacho from the Color Computer Store, he's been working on some reproduction uh, RAM badges. He's got some for the Coco One model. He's got some of the wide bar shaped ones for the Coco Two and Three. And so this is a 64K RAM badge with like the metal flake, uh, metal foil back background with the clear kind of plastic bubble on top of that. And it looks pretty cool. So this was Mo Cool posting this on Facebook saying thank you, Carlos. That Carlos never existed Camacho. from Tandy either. So that's oh, uh, Tandy never had a sixty. Just like they didn't ever had a five twelve k Coco badge either, right? Right. Yeah, they so went to thirty two k. That was the max the badges. Yeah. So that's cool. Carlos, uh, Carlos has been working on that. Uh, hopefully he'll be at Coco Fest and I'll, I'll grab some from him um, in person. Uh, this one I like. Brian Weasler says I killed two birds with one stone. I added a real time clock. And a voice synthesizer to my Coco with this Radio Shack talking watch. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's got a real time clock. All right. And it's got a voice chip. So what else what else do, do we need? Oh, he's got a video here. Let's see what this is all about. It's seven oh one PM. Wow. There you go. It's a talking crazy. real time clock. Sadly, yeah. that's like actually got better speech quality than the speech sound pack. Does. Yeah, yeah. So eat your heart out, Ed Snyder. So <laughs> can it do so, three voice music though? Three voice music. Well, it's got one voice. It's got the, well, the clock voice, right? <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a fun one there. It uh, it plows through batteries though. Oh yeah. I, what I it, put a new battery in it. It's already about it's about dead already. A, a week later. <laughs> <laughs> Remember yeah. the LED watches or the L yeah LED watches? Yep. You had to push the button to see the time if you kept it. Oh, the, the red numbers that had like the under a magnifying head. glass. And that reminds me of the old like Texas Instruments calculators with those red digits that look like they're yeah. under like these little magnification bubbles to make them look bigger and stuff. Yeah, it kind of pulsate. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah, there's got to be a way to interface this. There's got to be some type of way to hook this up to the Bitbanger where you can... Uh, Maybe it's Snyder's serial port thing there. I don't know. <laughs> now, another one. From, this is from Carlos Camacho himself. I don't remember seeing this product, but this was called the ColorMate, the Color Computer's Better Half. And what it looked like was kind of a hacked DOS that gave you this uh, kind of graphics mode font. So it's kind of like a... Uh, 24 lines of text. I forgot what all the details were on this. Here's It's another CPM card. It adds a Z80 and it came with CPM okay. 2.2. So so we reviewed a different uh, hardware model from another manufacturer a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month or two okay. ago. Unleash the power of the color computer. It expands any standard Cocoa with 16K and floppy disk to allow operations of SDOS, a fast, time-proven operating system and powerful programming developer 
with the basic compiler, SDOS handles floppies and optional Winchester disks. Transparency, you can uh, very fast code, long file names, true subroutine and powerful disk I.O. Um, so it sounds like I've never heard of SDOS. I'm not familiar with this product. But it looks like you plug your standard disk controller into it and an extended, it extended disk extender color basic and gave you a better screen. So this is basically a P mode for graphic screen. This is not really a like an 80 column card or any type of enhanced VDG, right? This is using the built-in Cocoa graphics, I'm assuming? Yes, it is. By looking at it. So 24 lines by 42 columns. So you got 42 across by 24 up and down. Um, in some type of SDOS, which I've never heard of. Anybody hear of SDOS before? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I actually have a copy of it. Oh, yeah. And Paul Fiscarelli was out there earlier. Hey, Paul Fiscarelli. How are you? Yo. Uh, Tim Franklin. Uh, Terry Terry Steggy had to go. Sorry to sorry to get to say goodbye to you, Terry. So thanks for being here, Terry. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. This is We're seeing some pictures of these products that probably weren't very well you know, circulated. So these are kind of like some hidden gems if you ever run into them out in the wild. Um, Curtis might be looking for something. Now, um, David O'Connor, what do we got? Huh? Let's, let's put up Curtis on the big screen here. Uh, that There it is, SDOS. Now, would that work without their hardware port? Could you just run SDOS on a Cocoa and get those Yeah, thoughts? the hardware port added, uh, didn't it add a Z80 if I remember? Did it say that in the ad? I don't, that doesn't really say, okay, it says, does anyone own ColorMate? It provided 64K to machines with 16K, had RS-232 port, 42 columns of text, a basic compiler, and more. Would be interesting to see what the inside looks like. Also was SD basic compiler released separately. So it actually added RAM. So it had a RAM upgrade. Um, yep. So if you had 16K, it would... It would <coughs> but look how wide this freaking thing is, man. This is like as big as a multi-pack. Um, yeah. So it plugged in. Uh, there's your there's your display, and here's the little readout here, right? So, ColorMate is four hundred and ninety-five dollars. Includes a four hundred page uh, documentation. Radio Shack floppy controller and floppy drives are not included. Word processing, a counter, and Win and, Win and Winchester disk drives are available. What the hell is a Winchester disk drive? What what, what the hell was that? What, what's your, <laughs> That sounds no, like a freaking rifle. You should know that. <laughs> was that the old okay, web, that Western Digital? Well, no. Generally, IBM when they first when IBM first introduced their hard drives, they gave it model number thirty thirty. Okay. And so people said, "Oh, like the Winchester." Uh, That's the story I've heard. Okay. Well, also the mechanism in there also kind of kind of cocked the drive too. So that's that's yeah. the engineers also kind of read that up. Hmm. Interesting. So that just meant hard drive. Yes, hard drive. Okay. Rotating platters, yep. A style of hard drive. Yep. Gotcha. So ancient computer history 101. Okay. Now, David O'Connor, again, not here today, suffering from a migraine from listening to last week's show. Um, but he's got a picture of him and his friend. So he says, uh, 5 CLS, 10 print. As Ron requested, here's a photo of me at my Coco. Print uh, sometime in the early 80s. Print with one of my best friends, Trevor Smith. Uh, a strings equals I still have this Coco. <laughs> I've also included a couple of new photos from a recent episode of Coco Talk Live where it's sitting on top of my Sony broadcast monitor here. And here's a Coco VGA. And now it has a Coco VGA. So here's a picture of David. Young. I'm assuming that's young David there. And that's yep. his friend, Trevor. Uh, there's his Coco. 
what is that? Sea Dragon? I'm not sure what game he's playing there. He's got something going on. I uh, see he's got a keyboard back then, too. Look at that. He's always had a yeah. keyboard handy, huh? Um, there And so there's the Coco. There's that same Coco running that, but now it's running off of a Mega Mini uh, MPI with Coco VGA. So that same Coco has gotten a little bit of a facelift, a little bit of an upgrade. And here it is again here, too, right? So cool stuff, right? And you can see how well-worn it is because you can see that on those older Coco ones that the yeah, black the plastic the underneath. the paint's the wearing off, yeah, yeah. from the, where the palms the palms are at. So that's pretty cool. Um, now, this, we'll save this one. This is going to be the giveaway. You guys have to help me pick a giveaway. Uh, another thing David posted was uh, 6309 chips. So we've been discovering all the different music products. Oh, do we have another Coco Cat there? Hey, Coco Cat. Um so this is um, one of his music systems that has a Hitachi 6309. So that's kind of cool. All right. So why don't we do this? We got more to cover, but why don't we, we have to make a decision here right now. We're going to give away a speech and sound pack. All right. And um, yeah, I, well, I, posted a, I posted this in Facebook saying, if you guys want one, write me a reason why you should get one. And we're gonna we're gonna decide on the air live. This has never been done before in any live color computer podcast, to my knowledge. Uh, I don't think any other live color computer talk show has ever given away a speech sound pack. And if they have, um, well, it was still my idea. All right. So the, the, here here are the entries, and, the, and let's let's look at the stories here. So the first response came to us from Stephen Cambian, and Stephen says, "When I was a kid." I spent a few years off and on trying to learn to build a mobile robot with the spare Coco 2 as its brains. I figured out sensors using the joystick ports and, a, and used a speech pack for speech. I figured out converting a Coco 2 to 12 volts after almost two years trying different things. I never did quite figure out the interfacing of the motors. Uh, with age comes experience and now I could do that easily, but I don't have a spare. It would be fun to finally accomplish my goal. My 12-year-old self tried and tried and failed at. I happened upon a, a few methods of controlling DC motors recently as remembered my past failures and figured a few decades and other electronic experiences may have improved my chances of succeeding at that Cocoa Bot. Okay, so Stephen uh, Cambian wants to make a Cocoa Bot, so a robot controlled by a Cocoa. That sounds like a good uh, thing to do with speech sound pack. Do we all agree? Coco controlled sure. robot. Okay, so that's one of our options. Um, so now Brian Weasler has responded by saying, I have been thinking about doing was a small scale home automation project that could go bigger. Using Coco hardware like the light controller, a koala pad, a board I built back in college, and a speech pack. I want to turn on and off various things and have the Coco confirm. It was done by saying so. So you could basically say, like, you know, Alexa, turn on the lights, or Coco, turn on the lights, and he would say, the lights are turned on, or something like that. Okay, so voice response, home automation with a Coco. Uh, David O'Connor says, as mentioned on a couple of Coco Talk episodes, I could use one of those to make prank phone calls. Okay, prank phone calls are definitely a worthy use of the speech sound pack. Vincent Tran just says, I don't have enough, my, my, my collection is not filled to the top, so this would help me. Fill to the top of my case. Okay, that's that's not the best reason. Um, <laughs> Chad Edward, uh, that's Nick's neighbor, says, I need to win this so I can resell it on eBay and use that money to put a sizable deposit on a nice house. All right, Mike Guzzi, 
or Guzzy. I would love to be able to play some of the games that were full of sound and speech again. Um, uh, I have a stack of sound chips. I need a way of testing them. All right, here's the pictures of them. Okay. Uh, do we have a response? Okay, Robert Moore. I desperately want one so I can make it say boobs. Okay, so his, re his reasoning here is saying boobs. Okay, that's definitely got to be a contender. So, so far we've got home automation, CocoBot, saying boobs um, are some good, some good reasons, right? Um, what else? And then here's, here's Andrew John Bodner says, uh, reason number one, obviously, so I can now own all of the cool cocoa stuff that my parents couldn't afford to buy when I was a kid. Reason number two is to share a bit of history with my nephew and niece. Hopefully a bit of history like this can give them a sense of appreciating how far things have come. Uh, all right. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to leave it to like maybe four options here. So uh, let me, let me, let me create, create a quick little notepad here. So I don't lose track of, of who things are. And you guys are going to help me vote. Okay. Refresh, refresh. I threw in one late last minute. Uh, no, you, you must be present to win. All right. Ah. So entry, entry number one is from Steven uh, Cambian. And he wants to make a uh, cocoa controlled robot. Okay. So that's entry number one. Uh, entry number two, Brian Weasler. And then we'll put these up on the screen. He wants to do uh, uh, home automation with voice response. All right, that's the, okay. David O'Connor. Um, David O'Connor wants to do prank phone calls. That's entry number three. <laughs> Is your refrigerator running? Yeah. Uh, he he wanted to do prank phone calls to congressmen to to politicians. Yes, yeah, which well, is just uh, made the cause even more worthwhile. All right, so that that adds a little weight to it, right? What okay. is Prince Albert in a can anyway? All right, so you this is what you're expecting to get. Entry number four. We no. have uh, Robert Moore. Robert, M M O O R E, make it say boobs. I mean, he's just being honest. You got to appreciate the honesty. Okay, and then Andrew. So we have we have another fifth entry. Uh, we have Andrew Bodner um, share history with uh, niece and nephew. And what? Who else do we have? Now we have Nick Marota. And Nick Marota says, my first accessory. Okay. All right. So what I need right now is I'm going to put this on the screen where everybody else can see it. I don't know sure how we're going to count the votes here, but I got my live chat open too. Okay. So these are, we have six entries. So I guess what we need to do. What should we do here? How can we get people to vote? Do we just have people type in a number one through six in chat and then we'll count up the entries? Does that seem fair enough? In a hat and shake the hat and pull out a number. Do we want to pick one at random or do we want to have people vote? Program to do that, you know. All right. How about we do this? How about we start yeah. with the panel? Let's have a panel discussion based on the people in the panel. And obviously, if a panel member is one of the possible entries, your opinion is not carry any weight here so nick marota is not allowed to chime in on why nick marota should win no i have another <laughs> i have what i want i have a favorite okay so panel discussion 
Coco controlled robot, home automation voice response, prank phone calls to politicians, make it say boobs, share history, my first accessory. What do you guys think, panel? I think I uh, Cambrian because it sounds like uh, you know one of the layers in the earth. Pre-Cambrian period. Okay. <laughs> prank calls to politicians. That'd be good. Prank calls to politicians. Okay. Yeah. I like uh, number three. I'm a sucker for. Go ahead, Nick. I'm a sucker for the family connection, so I got to go with number five. Okay, yeah. so we got one vote for number one. We got two votes for number three. God damn it. I'm thinking about his poor niece and nephew who need this in their lives. And then Votes we have... tabulated by the firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Hal. Okay. <laughs> All right. We have another vote for Terry Stieg for the robot. So that's two. So uh, live chat, go ahead and chime in too, and I'll just keep updating the counts here. Okay, and Tim I'm Franklin. To, I'm, I'm torn between two, so I'm still trying to decide which of the two I want to. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and vote for number three because just the politicians, you know. Okay, another vote, vote for three. I like num- I'll do number three as well. Okay, so that's four I'm- votes for number three. I'm torn between two of them also. I got two votes for uh, history, sharing history. Um, I think I'll go with number five, too. That was one of my two, but yeah, I think I'll go for that, too. Okay. Just tell me six was one of your two, even if it's not. Just to make me feel better. Can I be a Democrat and vote twice? No. <laughs> <laughs> vote early, vote often. <laughs> So far, the politicians got the most votes, although Boob's got a vote. I'll go for number five. Another vote for number five. Okay, that's history, so now we have a tie. Okay. So the least amount of votes wins. Okay, and does anybody out there in the live and the, who's viewing live want to? We need a tiebreaker here at Natchi, least now. To, Natchi says, use strawpool.me. Yeah, that's just more work. We're already here. I've already got all the typing done. We're James gonna Jones said history. Did you? Yeah, uh, I already counted James's vote. Okay. F equals I to five. <laughs> Tim Franklin says boobs needs two votes <laughs> just to make it correct. <laughs> that would right. be on there if we had women on here. All right. So we got two votes for boobs. All right. Um, it's sadly boots. Uh, boobs has gotten as many votes as a robot has. So home automation has not got any votes. Could be a fembot. Uh, it could combine the two. You know. That's true. Actually, that, was, that would have been my other choice was the Coco robot. Yeah, that yeah. was my other choice too. Okay. Number six. Okay, uh, uh, viewing audience, last chance to vote here. We need, we need, to, we need the tie-breaking vote here, anyways, between um, history and the robot. And if, if, if not, if we don't have a tiebreaker, then I'm just going to vote for history just because the shipping's going to be less since i got to pay to uh, ship it. <laughs> well, didn't you say you got three cartridges? Yeah, one of them doesn't work. And well, there's two. One of them's going to the auction. So, oh. <laughs> so um, To send Nick Moroto the one that doesn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, just, oh, and, oh, and a, a link to I buy some deoxit. Uh, we'll I send... show for di- display purposes. Yeah, we'll send you the link you to get some deoxid. That would be a nice project for you there. Nick. Yeah, could be. Restoration. You can make a video on that. All right, we need some more voting. We need some more of the viewing audience to vote here. I need one more vote somewhere either to help me with the tie. Okay, we have Paul Fiscarelli just voted on the robot. Okay, so that's three votes for the robot. Now I'm hurt. 
Okay. The person that wins it should share something on Facebook. What's that, Simon? Simon, did you already vote? Matthew votes for pranks. Okay. Doesn't Nick Marotta get three votes automatically? Tell me a freaking bone. <laughs> I will. I will give this away. Okay, so Simon's going to give one away too. Because you've got one that doesn't work, right? And you're torn between two things. I'll give it away because I hate him. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, but so you might be close. Simon doesn't want the damn thing. You might be closer and to. And Simon's uh, the winner. You get yes. a free one. <laughs> yeah. So, so, are you closer to Australia than I am, Simon? So maybe you can mail yours to David. Yes, I, I, I definitely, I, I can do that. I can do it. I know it, it works. It's, it, the connectors are not massively good because of age, but it does work. Okay. Pretty clean, probably. All right. So we have a tie. David O'Connor to make prank phone calls. That's going to be shipped out by Simon Jonason. And then Andrew Bodner uh, sharing history with his niece and nephew. So that's the winner. I will send one out to, to Andrew. Um, so Andrew, you can send me a, a, a personal message on Facebook or whatever with your with your mailing information. So history has yes. been made. Yay. We've done our first giveaway on Coco Talk. Very much. All right. Okay. So the news segment is running long. How about we take another commercial break and we'll be back with more news. And congratulations, Andrew, on winning that excellent, excellent stuff here. Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom in Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original gamer Stevie Stroh here, and if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. We now return you to Coco Talk. And that's what you have to look forward to right there. That was the speech sound pack telling you that we now return you to Coco Talk. And we're back with some more news. And somebody posted this one in our. And by the way, let me just show you guys something real quick here too. If you want to, um, if you want to post news that we can talk about on the show, we've made it real easy. So if you're not a member of Discord, you should join Discord. And in Discord, we've got a little channel here that's called News Topics and Suggestions. And people are literally just throwing in links here of things to do. And this is one place that I will go. And so this is a real quick and easy way for us to crowdsource some news topics to talk about. And so if you throw them in here throughout the week, we will look at them and then hopefully talk about them on next week's show. 
Anybody can do this. It costs you nothing but your time to post topics. They don't always have to be cocoa related. They could just be retro of interest, whatever. And we will try to bring them up. So this is what it looks like. And this is where you can just post a message, post a link, and we'll try to cover it. One of those links that was actually posted by, let me see who posted the link. It was posted by, right here, Kevin Becker posted the link here uh, from Reddit. And it was called, Has Anyone Ever Seen a Home-Built TRS-80 Clone? And so I, uh, let's see what some of these pictures look like. And so, wow. This, I mean, it looks like a freaking typewriter, doesn't it? Looks like a typewriter keyboard. So, But this is based on a 6809? Yep, it's basically a Coco. He created a Coco clone. So we've got tape, printer, left and right joysticks. We've got a fuse here. Out to TV. Uh, what is this video? Would that be uh, composite? Composite. composite. Yeah. That might be an audio out there. That's a reset button. Power button. Main power. I mean, literally cloned the Coco. That's that's re that's relatively insane. And look at the inside here. It's got some wire wrapping going on here, huh? Here's our memory that's being jumpered around. That's the Motorola 6809 over here. I recognize that um, uh, little ceramic thing there i don't know what the hell these giant these are what are these capacitors these big things here these are these are like electrolytic capacitors here yes those are big electrolytic yep. capacitors that's what we call a bac a big ass capacitor right there um that looks like a looks like a freaking uh energy drink can <laughs> uh we got some crazy stuff going on here yeah a lot of uh this looks like a paul t barton project here for all these wires going on here but yeah so extended color basic 1.0 and he even has inverse video on it so he yeah. must have copied the roms or did he just pull a rom out of another chip i think from looking <laughs> at the pictures he actually just pulled the roms out but I... okay so back in 1980 whenever 82 ish somebody made a homemade coco clone i mean brazil did it but you know this was a, this was a guy right so uh, i think that's pretty cool and, so and, a, that and was, a better keyboard than the Coco had. Yeah, it's a funky-looking keyboard, but it definitely looks like a full-stroke keyboard. Um, and a mirror keypad, too. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, our up-and-down arrow keys. So some of these things have just been remapped, like he's kind of sharpied in. This is your up-and-down arrow key. Enters on the left. Clears over here. That looks like that used to be a tab key. Um, arrow keys. So, yeah, some uh, a, new, a little sidecar numeric keypad here, too. I wonder if that actually worked. It probably did. There was several. There was a, an adaptation of the Model Three keyboard, which also has a numeric keypad for the Coco that actually appeared in Color Computer News. They showed you how to yeah. wear that. So there were several. HGL sold a separate one. There was a separate little add-on. Right. So it's a cloned Coco. A home. That's that. That's a homebrew, um, Facebook project. Right. So um, interesting. So here's a couple of videos now too. This is Brendan Donahue in the Coco VGA project. Curtis threw these out there. So this is the utility that lets you modify the fonts of the Coco VGA project. If you're not familiar with the Coco VGA project, um, where have you been hiding, right? But what it does is it allows you to, number one, connect your Coco to a VGA monitor. It has enhanced uh, resolution mode. So we've got a 32 column, 64 column by 32. So you got a double resolution screen and we've got now customizable character. You can only, can you modify the text but you can also modify the semi-graphics. So there's a lot you can do with it. So 
Here's the first video kind of showing that stuff off. I'm going to fast forward to three basic screen where we can see what it looks like here. We have right. the lower portion, which is the repository that shows you the character set that you're working on right now. And it's like zoomed All in pretty nice too. 56 of those characters. We have the editor region, which you know sort of shows you a zoomed in version of the character that you're working on and lets you modify it. All right, so we can like fast forward here to a little bit. We can see what the symbols look like. Paste it using V, and then we could say go into the. We got smiley faces. We got bombs. We got like card symbols. You can do all kinds of stuff here, right? Pad. Yeah, so you can kind of see the grid here where you can plot out. And what is it? Eight by twelve, right? Eight pixels across by twelve pixels up and down. Yeah. For each cell. So you can Correct. make your your border stuff. Um, really hard because we already had a set of lines that we can load it. And there he's made uh, larger boxes so by making four example, separate characters that you just uh, print beside each other too. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot you can do with this, right? And so the whole idea here is that you're not limited to the original um, characters on the screen. You can make your you can change your fonts. You can make like arcade looking fonts. You can change the semi-graphics to not just be those four letters of blocks they can be space invaders they can be explosions bombs missiles whatever you want and you just plot them out in kind of a bitmap um, pixel art type thing and that becomes your new set and then they will just then display on the coco vga which and you is, can dynamically load them so you could have a game that has like an intro or a first level that's using one set then load a second set for the next level etc all right and here's a little demo video showing the fonts as an addendum being changed the ccv edit uh, video that shows the editor software. I thought I would go ahead and demonstrate um, a piece of software that you know uses basic and a couple of simple assembly language routines to um, load a character set. So in this case I'll be loading the lower kit, the original lower kit. Uh, you know set up Coco VGA, draw a character set, draw a demo of the characters and you know the characters themselves um, and so on and so forth. So let's go ahead and run this. And boom there you go the character set was uploaded yeah and that looks pretty good right so you've got like your little card symbols here your hearts you know, like your lucky charms going on up here you got some trees some water this like emoji faces um, nicer looking fonts and then here is our semi graphics now have been replaced with blocks with like little circles and then here's some the mixed text and so here's the solid cursor icon now instead of it being a solid color it's got four four that kind of round dots in the middle of it there. Um, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll give one plug to the, the upper lowercase version of the font you're seeing here is from the original lower kit that Dennis Bathory kit sold. Yeah. Hardware out on back in 82, 83. Yeah. And it looks, I mean, it's actually almost overkill. They, they look so large, like they're, you know. But yeah. I mean, I guess there were so many wasted pixels in that 8 by 12 matrix. It's like, why not make them bigger, right? Why do you need so much buffer around the letters? And it's just <laughs> look at that cursor. It looks kind of funny, huh? With those circles in it. Get everything using the lower kit character set. Now the same is true actually uh, in 64 column mode. So we'll go ahead and reboot because I have that happen to have this built into my Coco SDC um, uh, automatic boot software. So yeah, let's. Um, Let's force lowercase. Let's not enable the T1 font, but let's enable a character set. 
and we'll go ahead and enable the Arcade Invader character set. That looks cool, right? Mode. I like that arcade Boom. font. There we go. This is the yeah. automatic config that uh, um, my Coco SDC is set up with. So, anyway. Looks uh, like half a Space Invader is the cursor of, there. You know, some things that, simple things that can be done with the character set. Anyway, thanks for watching. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. I mean, the future is bright with the Coco VGA, the cool things you can do with that. Um, yeah, there was a question on Facebook, I think, either last night or today, too. Somebody was asking, you know, should I buy Coco VGA now or should I wait? Because, you know, all the new features coming up. But those are all software upgrades, firmware upgrades on the Coco VGA. The hardware stays the same. So basically you just, you know, run a loader program and, and, and transfer the new code to the chip that controls the Coco VGA. So you can buy the hardware now and get all these upgrades every year as Brendan releases them. Very cool. Um, this is also something Curtis threw out here. So this is a new Coco page. Uh, do you know who who was the owner of this page? Uh, did I mention that in Discord? I can't remember if I did. I don't not, remember. He he just he just started it. It's far from being complete, but he just wanted to get it out there. So he's got a few few bits there. Some parts are still just placeholders, but okay. Super ID interface. So I have two meg sixty eight oh nine Coco three composite S video VGA monitor. Okay, 512K Coco 6309 Coco 3 with 86 gimme. All right, so I'm not sure what else we have here, but maybe more to come. Here's yeah, there's a some link. download projects and stuff like that, but basically it's it's it's, it's a, a start of a new website devoted okay. to the Coco. Okay, so somebody's got a Coco hobby site. So, yeah, we have to figure out who the owner of this is. Um, uh, so, yeah. something, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. And I'll add it to uh, imacoconut.com, too, so. Uh, so here's, here's another video. So this is Port Battles. This is our friend, uh, Retro Arcade Gaming. We mentioned him last week. He did a couple of videos where he showed the clones of, uh, what Popeye, was it? And Popeye and Joust. And so now he's doing one on Dig Dug and I've got it fast forwarded to the part where they show off. 84. A, a bit of, uh, I'm fairly new to the TRS 80 Coco, um, don't Curious know a hear whole lot he about, says about it. it. <laughs> I was a, a Commodore 64 guy back in the day. So I spent uh, part of last Saturday getting educated on the TRS-80 by some guys who know the platform very well. I'm going to put down in the uh, description a link to the Coco Talk broadcast, uh, which is done each Saturday afternoon. I like the artwork And also to Curtis yeah. Boyle's list of uh, TRS-80 official ports and clones. Uh, those guys are a wealth of information. Obviously know the platform very well, and I appreciate them helping me out and, and bringing this newbie on the Coco up to speed. This clone is decent. Uh, it's not great. It lacks uh, background music. <laughs> really selling it, right? It seems to play a bit <laughs> slow, specifically one, in though. the uh, vertical movement. Horizontal movement seems okay. It's just when you're going up and down. Uh, it does look and play like Dig Dug, though. If you had a Coco and you wanted to play Dig Dug, this was about your only option. This is actually written by Dave Dyes before he made Dicom products, too. This is one of his earlier efforts, so he was still kind of learning things. Oh, yeah. Look how slow that is moving up and down. Yeah. That's pretty bad. But it it does look and play like the game, though. I mean, the yeah, characters look... And the Coco 3 double speed poke really helps this game. I did just mention that. Yeah, yeah I don't there know why... There was one the... other clone, actually. It was written in BASIC. It was in Color Computer News in 82 or early 83. Why Iron. is the vertical so slow? 
I just the way Dave wrote it, I guess it was like I said, he was, this is an early game of his when he was just starting to learn, I think. Okay. This is why this the vertical is so before. slow. Is the um, think about it, you've got 192 scan lines up and down, but you only have 128 dots across. So if you just move one and one, he's moving one pixel at a time. Yeah, but you're also moving. You know, it, it's a rectangle pixel. The Apple II port, again, an Atari. Okay, well there we go. So the I I don't know if he rated them or anything, but so he's got a lot of systems covered here. So Atari twenty six hundred, man, this is a pretty thorough. Uh, ColecoVision unreleased prototype, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation Four, Windows PC on Steam, Xbox three sixty. So a lot of a uh, lot of versions there, and our very own Coco version made it in there. Um, well, he reviews like he's done Frogger and Donkey Kong and a few others where he only had about four or five systems, so he's been expanding as he goes. He almost has yeah. to go some of those, but hopefully once he figures out that the Coco didn't have a sound chip, then he won't be mentioning the sound for every future uh, <laughs> game that comes out. Well, when yeah. he gets to the Coco 3 games, though, we do have some with sound. Like, like he's, he's done Contras before, but if he did that again, that actually does have background. Right. Well, yeah. think about it. The Apple 2 didn't have a sound chip either, and he's reviewing Apple games. So yeah. I'm sure he'd make the same comments about that, saying, you know, sound. And even the original, some of the old PC stuff without the Sound Blaster or AdLib card, yeah, it didn't have a sound chip either. Yeah. Because he reviewed Sailor Man as well, and he said the same thing. There's no sound. And yeah. The game itself was fantastic. Like, Sailor Man was one of my favorite games. Yeah. So if you're going to nail us for having no sound, then that's going to be repeating the theme. Well, and here's a video that got posted recently. Sheldon McDonald has been working on a player for the Game Master cartridge where it's a program that was basically running as like a TSR, right? It's going to run in memory. You can feed stuff to it, and it'll play music in the background, and it will still let your basic program run, which is pretty cool. So I'm just kind of fast-forwarding to the part where we can hear the music. It's pretty good stuff I'm going to make an adjustment. And since I have it connected through the audio jack, all you have to say is audio on. And it's playing. Okay. I still have access to my drive. Okay, and I should be able to still load basic programs in, providing they're not bigger than 18K. Not bad, right? They got music in the background um, while basic is still running. So I'm not sure how that is. Sorcery, alchemy, uh, black magic, somehow. IRQs. He's got it working. IRQs, that could be too, you know. So, um, but that's pretty interesting. And, and, you know, the video kind of explains how he did. Now, one of the things he did here too, is he modified it to have its own external speaker instead of going through the cartridge line for audio. Um, and I, and somebody with a little bit more electronics knowledge than me can maybe clarify my understanding of this, but from what I understand on that sound chip, and this has got nothing to do with the game master cartridge design. It's the chip itself that the minute that chip gets voltage into it, it starts outputting sound. So you would have to specifically go into that chip and say, hey, shut up. Is that a fairly oversimplification of that? Fairly accurate? I think, that is, I think that's correct. I, okay. I haven't got one. Probably and if I'm it. stating it wrong, it's only because I'm not, because uh, I, I, I claim ignorance. But I remember somebody saying something like this, that in this particular chip, if you had it in a multipack and you wanted to just use like um, this as somewhere else in your multipack, it would actually be putting noise on the audio line that's coming through the cartridge bus 
because the chip just does that. You have to tell the chip to stop making noise when it first boots up. Well, um, the DSM will just make noise if you put something in the frequency register. It will just keep making noise and keep making noise and keep making noise until you tell it to shut up. Okay, so it's right. it's it's on by default. Yeah, the yeah. problem with the chip was uh, it's got all these oscillate. <laughs> Excuse me. You okay? Sorry about that. They got all these oscillators in there, and there was nothing on the power-up boot to control how things worked. It just let everything run. Okay. So his, his solution was to bypass the audio line from the cartridge, run it through a separate audio output jack, feed that into the cassette port, and then using the audio on and audio off command, you could actually control when the sound was being done. And this is really putting, this is making it easy for somebody to do this in basic. So I'm, assu I'm assuming if you understand assembly, you could just send a command to the chip to tell it to shut up. But if you don't understand how to talk to the chip in assembly, he's got it to the point now where you can just use the audio on, audio off command and, you know, kind of toggle the, the, the sound. That yeah, way, his project is, definitely makes it basic friendly, which is something that I think it is needed. I mean, we've had some tutorials from Myro and stuff on, you know, how to set up pokes and stuff to do it. But for some people, that's that's not something that their brain can wrap around. But right, that's, so, on, that's pretty darn easy. So yeah, yeah. So an interesting approach to it. What I love about it is his he's come up with an idea where I've got this player. You load the player in the background. It's always just running, and you just load more data into the memory space that he's reserved for it, and it'll start playing a new song. So you can, in the background, just do a load M, load a new binary file, and that has changed the song it's going to play. And so you can keep changing songs by loading in a new file. I think a good a good purpose or a good uh, subject to use this on is some some game with the word aliens in it written by mm, really? Steve guy or okay. something. Okay, you never know. I don't know about I don't, I don't know sure about hacking my my current cartridge I have to do it but um no I like the idea. Well so, if, if your dead one gets fixed you can uh, use that. Yeah. All right, so good job there Sheldon on doing that. Um we would be we would not be doing you a community service if we weren't going to mention that for a limited time you can get new Coco Fest 2019 t-shirts. This link is put out on Facebook um and uh, there, instead of paying $20, you can get one for $13 available in a variety of sizes, shapes, and colors. So um, I will go ahead and post this link just because if there are people watching right now saying, hey, I don't want to go all the way out to Facebook to find this link, I'm going to go ahead and post it across the mass media. So you're, unfortunately, you're going to see this thing show up four times in the feed. But wherever you you're watching hours. is, you got, got 19, 19 hours left. So if you want to get the Make the Trek Coco Fest 2019 t-shirt for the next 19 hours, you can get one for only $13. So um, I, feel, I feel an obligation to share that with anybody who might be interested in getting one. Now, if, if we did not have enough aid, uh, adventure arcade game designer packs, AGD packs, um, the team that's been working on that pair and company have released pack number 26, with even more titles. So we have the Amethyst Dagger, and we've got the Bean Brothers, and we've got um, something else, other <laughs> things. We've got Higgy 2, uh, all kinds of stuff here. So in glorious monochromatic beauty and in, 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 uh, in stuff here, more great games for the uh, arcade game designer thing. Thanks, Pear and company, for doing all of that. Looking good, looking good. Um, 
And I think did we did we talk about part of this last week? But our, our recently, so there's there's been this Dragon Thirty Two trash to treasure. So somebody got one and he's been wanting to restore it. And yeah, we I went think, through part one last week. Part one last week, and last week he did not have the power supply, right? Well, he had Calm. it, but it was broke. Level up your retreatery <laughs> with okay. our power board. And what we found the problem was is that we have our 12 and 5 volts present, but our negative 5 volts is missing. That just shows up as a big fat zero. 12, 5, and negative 5 volts are what... All right, so I'm sure he did something to fix that, and I don't know if I've got copyright concerns here, so I'm going to fast forward. What you're seeing here, boys and girls, is a guy working a soldering iron, and he's doing some electrical stuff. So. I notice he's not doing his hair, which is my mistake. <laughs> He obviously didn't learn from the Curtis Boyle School the of Pottery. Truth, then we're using the composite out to give us the best possible picture, if indeed we have a picture. The power cable goes into that new power socket. Fingers crossed. Let's press the on button. And it works. Cool. We've got that lovely green screen with uh, 1982 by Microsoft there. I hadn't quite realized just how green that green text is. It really is green <laughs> and green. We realize but, it all um, too well. It's incredibly satisfying. <laughs> I'm really surprised, actually. It's greener than green. It's green. It's as green as green gets. It's the maximum legal limit of green. Um, so very cool. So he had a power supply that was not doing its job. He um, fixed it, and it now powers up. So this was a two-part yep. video. No, nope, there's going to be a third part. The, the tail end of this video, he actually starts getting into the discussion. Is the dragon a clone of the Coco, or is it an offshoot with you know enough differences considered something different? So there's a bit of a discussion there. Okay. But he's planning on the third part of actually showing some software and stuff running on it. Okay, well, what do you guys think? Is it a clone? The dragon? I think it, I would call it an enhanced clone. I put it down to a clone because uh, apart from basic, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, basic, le, le, I, think, go ahead. I think that the Coco, the uh, Motorola reference. Yep, that's it. They're both both the Coco and the Dragon are a clone of the Motorola reference design. It just went a little bit for different sure, direction. For sure, and the Dragon added the uh, added, added this at Centronics port. Yep, which the didn't have. And a better keyboard. And the 64 had an actual serial port with the 6551. Yeah. See, I watched a documentary on the Dragon just this week, and they said that they added those things to avoid problems with Tandy. That way they could say it's an enhancement, not a clone. Or not so a here's, here, here's, here's my, my own personal definition of a clone. Like the Tandy 1000. The Tandy 1000 was a clone of the PC, and they were going after the market to run IBM-compatible software. They wanted to run the software. They were trying to steal business away from from IBM, from Big Blue, right? And they're trying to cash in on that. PC and so Junior, they were, actually. Yeah. PC so, Junior. Well, PC Junior was the, was the kind of fringe benefit. But they were going after, they were calling it a PC-compatible, right? So they were intentionally cloning another system. For compatibility reasons, I don't think the Dragon was going after the Cocoa market because they didn't try to make it run Cocoa. It, it happened to run it for the most part, but I don't think that I don't think this was a competitive thing. It was more of like you guys were mentioning. The, so the Cocoa is based on the Motorola reference model. The reference model basically said, "Here's the chip. Here's the VDG. Here's how we suggest somebody can make this computer." And Tandy didn't really stray from that design at all. They just said, "Oh, if this is what Motorola wants, this is what we'll do," and they kind of did it. Where Dragon says, "We'll take this same design and we're just going to change it up a bit." 
we won't put a crappy keyboard on there and you know we're going to add a few things but when you start off with the same reference design you start off on the same core set of chips that there you know, like you say it's it's really it's a clone of Motorola so I don't look at it as a clone as like hey we're trying to cut into this business I just think hey this is a this is a product that Motorola says we can make we're going to make it we're in a whole other country you know um it's similar but I I don't think there was any malintent in my opinion I don't know so Somebody's talking and I can't hear him. Maybe it's Mark B. I can hardly hear you, yeah. Mark. Yeah, it was just Dragon's implementation of that reference. You know, when yeah, you look I, at video cards today, the most of them are on the market are just uh, clones of the, you know, NVIDIA or ATI's uh, reference design with, uh, you know, change up heat sinks or fans and things like that. I More put memory. a link... I put a link to the video in the Zoom chat for the documentary by Nostalgia Nerd, which talks about all this, uh, okay. including Tandy wanting to get involved with the Dragon at some point to get into the UK market. Mm. Who, who wrote the basic interpreter? Microsoft. It was Microsoft. It's Microsoft Basic. Yeah. Let's and talk about the Brazilian clones. Yeah, the basic. Is it? it it's the it's, same basic as the cut. It, it is. It is mostly the same. The disc basic is definitely different because it handled forty-track discs and some other things too. So. Okay, we got some heavy breathing going on here. The disc um, layout's different too on the Dragon discs. Yeah, and Motorola uh, was happy to work with them. From what I understand, if you were to take a Coco basic program and save it as ASCII, where it's not tokenized, you could load it on a Dragon. And it would probably run. 99 or 100% compatible. So I think the language itself is mostly compatible, but the tokenization it, is different. Yeah. So it is yeah. tokenized differently, but the ASCII yeah. does, gets around that. Yeah. Also, you can't do direct calls in the ROM. I learned all this stuff from Steve Bamford because I asked him. Uh, also, you can't do direct calls in the ROM because they actually reorganize the basic in their different locations. Yeah. And the so, keyboard is mapped differently on the PIA too. Yeah. So if you're trying to read keyboard, yeah. the, most of the keys don't match. The joysticks, on the other hand, work perfectly fine both. Both. Yeah. Buttons. Changes. But yeah. the the keyboard are just a ta different table. You just have a different lookup table, so you can go from yeah. one to the other. It's very yeah. very straightforward. And the disc controller is not Holt NMI. It's wide off of FIRQ instead. Mm. And the the DOS is completely different too. The directory track is com I think at the uh, the far track end. Zero, side I think. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. thought it was what far is the timeline? Yeah. What's the timeline? What what is it? Ron Delvo is yeah. asking who the timeline of the Dragon. Who came out first? Coco came out first. The Coco. Coco. Right. So doesn't that say it? Well, the reference design came out before the Coco. Right. Well, if you think about it, the, the uh, video text came out before the Coco, too. So, But, yeah, the reference design was made by Motorola, and that was not, like, proprietary information. This was basically Motorola saying, here's, here's some plans, because in order for you guys to make these plans, you got to buy the chips from us. So it was very self-serving for them to throw that out there in the public, saying anybody who wants to make a computer using our chips, here's a map yeah. on how to do it. Here's the blueprint on how to design a computer using all the chips that conveniently we, we manufacture and we sell. <laughs> yeah. So buy, buy this design from us, and, and you know, we'll sell you the stuff to make the computer. Um, Even the original IBM was that way. Yeah, the original IBM was? Yeah. Yeah. It was a reference design. Yeah, that was one of their biggest mistakes, they said. Yeah, the only thing on the IBM that wasn't a reference design was the BIOS. Right. Yeah, everything else was off the shelf. 
they underestimated how successful personal computers would be. That too. They, yeah. they were still thinking that their mainframes were their main business. The PC was just a little offshoot. And uh, well, yeah. Because, so there was there was two there were a couple of the problems. I I had some my in laws both actually work for IBM and they were working on the DOS project and stuff. And they were basically saying. Um, well, number one, IBM again. They're they're when you sell a mainframe and you sell a really expensive computer, there's a lot of profit just in the hardware side of that. Um, not to mention the support side of that. Um, so that that their their idea was why why should we sell a a thousand dollar box when we can sell a million dollar box? If we sell you know ten million dollar boxes, we're making more profit than selling, you know, ten mil you know whatever the numbers are. So that was one problem. The other problem too was is internally the uh, the big iron. Were trying to sabotage the small machines because they didn't they didn't understand it. So there was a lot of internal things going on where they were not wanting to support things and sabotaging things to not make it successful. Um, that seemed to be common in the industry back then because Apple yeah. had the same problem between the Apple II yeah, and the Mac. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And an, another problem that I think a fatal the fatal problem that IBM did was to license DOS from Microsoft but not have it be an exclusive license because there was PC DOS and there was MS DOS. And the operating system at the end of the day is what people wanted. They wanted something that would run DOS and run DOS-based applications. And by not having that exclusive license on the operating system, that was, to me, that was a huge... The thing yeah, but that, that's the thing is Microsoft did not do exclusive license. Look at all the people that they licensed BASIC to. Yeah. Later yeah. on, we actually had DRDOS as well. I don't know if you remember that. DRDOS? Digital Research? Digital yeah. Research DOS, yeah. Yeah. Dr. DOS, was, as we call it. That was, available, that was available when the PC came out as well as the USC piece. Of, US, yeah, USC Dr. DOS was actually a lot better than MS-DOS uh, regarding EMM, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, if you guys want an interesting movie to watch about all this stuff with Microsoft and and what have you is the Pirates of Silicon Valley. While it's yep. a little dramatization, mm -hmm. it really gets in there about the fact that, you know, Microsoft actually in the beginning was giving away the rights to DOS to CPM. Uh, IBM came to them about the operating system and they said, go see CPM. And the guys got scared and wouldn't talk to IBM over at CPM. You know, digital research, and um, so they came back to Microsoft. Microsoft quickly bought an OS, modified it, and licensed it to uh, IBM. Otherwise, CPM would have been the operating system for the uh, IBM computer. Wow. Was CPM mostly Z80 based stuff? And 8086 it ran on both. Yeah. yeah. And and the thing too is. It's now considered one of the stupidest decisions made in the computer industry, and that was by CPM. It is, it is actually studied in business school just now. What happened? It's, kind of, it's, it's right up there with the Osborne pre-announcing the Osborne too. Exactly. Stupidest decisions to not use CPM. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, stupidest decision not to talk to IBM. Oh, yeah. I said you're saying they, they, they dropped a. Uh, a special agreement in front of them says that anything that they talk about IBM owns. Well, uh, what you do is you don't talk about anything to IBM that you don't want them to own. So if they talk like about a technology that's in CPM, IBM owns it according to that agreement. Well, you don't talk about it. 
It's simple as that. But they didn't understand it. They were they were scared that they were going to effectively give IBM CPM by talking to them about it. Hmm. Yeah, intellectual property scarce, right? Yeah. Back in back in the day, I worked for a company in Brooklyn, one of the first companies other than Radio Shack that I worked for, that sold the Columbia clones. The Columbia was one of the first IBM PC clones. Hmm. And the Columbia came with, you could either get um, MS-DOS, which was um, subsidized, it was much cheaper than buying CPM-86, or uh, uh, as um, uh, Mark said, USCDP system was also available. There were, um, and there was a PIC eventually came out for it. It's like a mainframe-like operating system. There were a few different operating systems, but the whole point was to push people towards MS-DOS on the clone, you know, on, and IBM did the same thing with the PC. They made PC-DOS much less expensive than CPM-86. And the whole story about why digital research didn't write the DOS for the PC goes has many different legends. And with uh, Gary Kildall being dead, it's really kind of hard to get the real story. But one of the stories is that when IBM came to digital research, he was not there. He was, he was on a plane or something, wasn't he? I heard he was out golfing, but, you know, could have been a whole bunch of different things. And uh, and digital research didn't want to sign the standard IBM agreements, the non-disclosure agreements and whatnot. And Microsoft didn't care because they bought or licensed the first version of PC-DOS from another company. Yeah, Seattle Computer Systems. Yep. yep. And Seattle still has the rights to sell um, MS-DOS as long as they sell you a piece of hardware with it. So yep. they were selling their own computers. Or, or, well, they had their own 8086 computer back then, yeah. It was based on an S100 uh, board. So I can buy an MS. I can buy a brand new MS DOS system today. Yeah, there are companies out there still making PC clones. I nice. Mean, I can't I mean, wait. 80, 80, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there's a guy making a total reproduction of the IBM PC logic board. And if I had the 300 bucks, I'd buy the kit and build it. That's kind of like an Apple One clone at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, uh, the, the yep. least the, the saving value I would say about this is there's a lot of really cool games that ran on DOS. And so for playing games, there's, you know, a, a DOS-based machine that still have some value in my opinion. Um, but a lot of that can be done in DOS box. So it can be emulated pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, your earlier discussion about the visions of a company infighting with each other. Yeah. We all know that with Tandy because the... PC, the PC division, the Tandy 1000s and, and up, were always fighting with the Coco. They didn't want the Coco 3 to be better than a Tandy 1000. So the Coco 3 could have been better, but it was purposely throttled. It, was purposely it wasn't for the MC-10. <laughs> yeah. it yeah. it's, like, it's like the line of Scooby-Doo. We would have got away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> In the MC-10 development department. Nice. 
Yeah, the well, because the, the MC11 project would have really put the uh, Coco 3 out of business. So, <laughs> oh, it's you know, it's just like uh, Rampage got another year for the Coco. It was like, yeah. you know, they were, they were setting up showing um, <laughs> the Tandy 1000 version of Rampage and the Coco version of Rampage, and the guys from the Tandy 1000 group kept on, look how much better. The colors are right. They're exactly the way they are in the arcade. It plays so much better like that. And then Mark Siegel goes, you do realize you're pointing to the Coco when you're talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so have we, has there, is there anything else newsworthy that we should mention before we wrap up the news segment we've covered a lot of news we've had some good discussions here talking about all kinds of stuff we got into basically pc talk and dos talk on top of everything else did you talk about that post about that young man whose father had cloned a coco yeah we did we did yeah that that was an episode 104 you can catch it in the replay Uh, i was trying to find uh, the original cpm disc for the c128 but uh, I, i obviously have to look a bit further Okay. I have it. I have, I have some around here. Hey, Mark O, I noticed you've, you've sounded very AM today. Are you on a different headset? Are you doing Bluetooth for your microphone now or something? Nope, same mic. Maybe you're having a bandwidth challenge, but you've been very AM radio the entire show. Sounds uh, very gritty. Very gritty, huh. yeah. So, is is sound uh, like a, approach of Cocoa Fest, is that newsworthy? Yeah, that's going to be what we're going to talk about after the next break. I want to see if we're done with the news before we get into events. Oh, we'll, we'll just tease that segment. We're going to tease that mm-hmm. little Coco Fest tease. So, Jim Rain's been putting in a bit of history pie. about the Gary Kildall and stuff there in the chat, too. Okay, let's see what Mr. Brain has to say here. If we go back. Um, okay, so, Jim Brain says In 1980, IBM was out looking for an operating system for its upcoming PC. The legend is that. Kildall, is that his name? Kildall? Yeah. Kildall. Yeah. He used to be a co-host on the Computer Chronicles. Okay, here. missed a meeting yeah. of IBM because he was out flying one of his planes. He could never live down that legend. It wasn't entirely true. He was flying, yes, but he showed up only a little late. Then he talked all day and through the night on a flight with the IBM representative back to their office in Florida. The sticking point, IBM wanted to pay a flat $200,000 license fee to get a royalty-free license in perpetuity. Kindle wanted more. Um, Did you talk about that small event that's happening two weeks from today? Paul Fiscarelli wants to know. It is a relatively small event, yes. So we will talk about that next. Okay. All right. So have have we wrapped up the news? I think so. A new version of Cocoa Pie. Oh, that's right. That is out there. Oh, you know what else? There was more news. Ron Delvaux, not Ron Delvaux, but Ron Klein also posted some pictures from an event he was at last week. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and um, let's take a commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll look at some stuff that Ron Klein posted because you just reminded me of that with the cocoa pie. All right. So the commercial break we're going to do here is going to be, how about a little, in honor of our friend Nick Moroda, how about a little bit of cocoa dew here on our commercial break here? Hi there, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, we think it works, so will you. 
What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. Un ordinateur couleur qui a de la personnalité, le Coco 2 de Radio Sac. On solde pour Noël à partir de 149,95. We need somebody with a French ear to transcribe those. Yeah, we do. We do. We do need that. All right. So a couple more things in the news. And this is my problem because there was a few things posted in Coco Talk Lobby that I had to go back and find. I look for everything under the news channel. So there was a few things in the lobby that I just happened to remember were there, but they weren't in the news channel. So I missed them. So one of the things, this is sent to us by, um, and actually this is probably, we'll, we'll do that under events. Um, so yeah, let's do that. We're going to do it under events. So why don't we go ahead and switch over now. We're going to play some more Curtis Boyan music here. So let's go ahead and switch to an events view. All right. So uh, Ron Klein posted some photos from the Midwest Gaming Classic um, that he must have recently attended. So here we can see uh, cool the Ghostbusters uh, Ecto-1. Ghostbusters Mobile was there. Um, ah, nice looking stage set up there. And uh, here's the event map. Oh, this is a video. Look at that. People walking by. Um, yeah, it looks pretty big. Midwest Game. Where Did you guys know where this is at? The Midwest Gaming Classic? Pretty big area. Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Not somewhere, sure. Somewhere in the Midwest, I would I would wager. Was um, it Wisconsin or was it in uh, Illinois? Mm, not yeah. sure. I'm waiting for Jim Brain to answer because he normally goes to it. I think he said earlier. Yeah, so yeah it looks pretty big. It looks like a pretty big event, pretty well attended. Um, a lot of systems going on here. A lot of CRTs, some light gun stuff going on there. Um yeah, look at that back of all those flat panels, huh? Pinball machines, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of pinballs and arcade cabinets there too, right? So exhibit areas, oh, Commodore Pet. Pets, we got, yeah. There's a wall of Commodore here. Current location uh, appears to be Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay, lots of Commodores. Okay, that's uh, that's an Apple II, right? Yeah. Uh, with the, a little, that's a little mini Commodore with the built-in screens. There's some Commodores with the custom-colored cases, right? Those are probably the new ones. That was the Commodore SX. I actually own one of those. There's the pet. Okay. A Dragon's Lair running on what? Is that running on a Commodore, too? I don't know what that's running on. Can't tell. Oh, that's That might be the TI. TI. TI 994A. TI-994A. Yeah, it's a pretty popular port right now. Uh, here's some TI section here. Okay. 
So we had a Commodore section. Oh, IBM PC, IBM PC, PC. Junior, Prince of Persia. That's looking good. Uh, I don't know what the hell that thing there is. Rogue? Is that Rogue? I can't tell. I don't know what the hell that system is. Um, that's a Mac Classic. Yeah. But why well, is it looking amber? It's probably the color one. Okay. Okay. Apple II C's. C's uh, Actually, Apple II from GS. left to right, Apple II E, Apple II C, and Apple II GS. Yep. 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 More Commodores. Commodore 64, Commodore yep. 128. Uh, and there's another TI. TI. Yep. Atari 400. The MC10 of the Atari world. There's the 800. <laughs> Atari 800. 800. Yeah. Uh, ST. Atari ST. Yep. Uh, ColecoVision. And Intellivision. An Aquarius. Nice. Uh, ZX Sinclair. 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 Spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Ah, Coco 3 playing okay. Sockmasters Donkey Kong. Look yep. at that. Looking good. Oh, TRS-80. That's Mod looking one. good there, too. Engine. Yeah. Yeah, there's Donkey Kong, looking good. Coco Chip? Coco Chip. Magnavox. Time Bandit. Oh, the two. Atari ST Time Bandit. Look at that. I've never seen this version before. Yeah, there's Amiga version, Atari ST version, and DOS versions all. As well as TSA Model 1, 3, and Coco. Interesting. I don't know what the hell that is. What is that? Another video game console. The hell is that? Yeah, that no. one I don't know. Could be Odyssey? Yeah. Another, I don't know what that is. Spectra Video? Yeah, something like that. Interesting looking. Uh, Ralph Bars Brown Box. Is this supposedly oh. the first, this is the first consumer, yeah. uh, yeah, like Pong type system, right? He's yeah. also the guy that created the Odyssey for Magnum. Yeah. Too. yeah. Yep. The predecessor to the Odyssey. So yeah. he actually worked for a military contractor. <laughs> uh, look at this the size and shape of video game cartridges throughout the years. Uh, interesting. Okay, is this one that Jim Brain posted a picture saying I made one of these? So, Jim Brain had posted a picture similar to this with this green Commodore case. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's a big show floor. Okay. Ah, speaking of video cards, right? Mm. Ah, look at all these. Yeah, there's lots of stuff, right? Exhibitors galore. Yeah, big event. You got stuff in uh, sealed in uh, collectible cases and stuff. Oh, yeah, like uh, Sega, Mega Drive, and Genesis cartridges and stuff. Yeah, Jim uh, Brain mentioned in chat that the uh, it's at the Wisconsin Center. They outgrew the previous location outside of Milwaukee. Wow. Uh, Pokemon stuff. If you guys ever need a Pokemon plush collectibles, then you know where to go. Uh, looks like uh, kind of stuff. Also, Jim there. is saying that green one, Commodore, he said he built that exact one. That is the one he built. Okay. That is his. That's a Jim Brain creation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here we go. We've got a Mac Classic. We've got uh, all kinds of accessories here. Man, yep. tons of stuff, huh? Tons of stuff. So, oh, look, what was this? Was this the Curtis Boyle band up on stage here? Uh, had a real band? <laughs> well, if it's a real band, it would definitely wouldn't have me in it. Yeah, right. Aww. All right, so as you can see here, there's just lots of <laughs> Bob Ross, right? So, lots of happy so little trees. Yeah, so this was an event that happened recently, but here's an event that's happening soon. And what are we at now? Two weeks away from Coco Fest? Yep. Yep. 
We are just about a, a scant two weeks from Cocoa Fest. And the question that we all have to ask is... Hey, you got your Cocoa 3 yet? And before we talk about Cocoa Fest, how about we play the Make the Trek uh, little preview video thing here, thanks to Bruce Moore. The reading's growing stronger, Captain. Coming from a star system directly ahead. Coco Fest, make the trek to the place you belong, Illinois, hair and point, make the trek, Coco Fest. Coco Fest, May 4th and 5th. 2019 in Lombard, Illinois. Make the trek. Touch the heron. Fascinating. Make that trek. Like Michael Jackson said, you got to make that change. For us, we got to make that trek. Um, so if you guys are not familiar with the website to the Glenside Color Computer Club, it's glensideccc.com, glensidecolorcomputerclub.com. Um, tandylist.com is where you can register if you're going to attend. And let's just see who we have listed as attending right now. The list is pretty long. That's what she said. Um, but this is a long list. Uh, it's all on the internets. So Rick Adams, uh, William, some names here I do recognize, uh, Gary Becker, a uh, bunch of Beckers, Neil Blanchard and L. Curtis Boyle and Jim Brain and Bell Brain and Carlos Camacho and Eric Canales, Richard and Brenda Chrislip, Brendan Donahue and Morgan Donahue, Paulie Fiscarelli, Salvador Garcia, Brian Goers, right? Chris Hawks and company. Um, names I recognize, names I don't recognize. Alan C. Huffman, Simon Jonas and the Madman's going to be there. David W. Ladd of D.W. Ladd Incorporated. Uh, Grant Leedy is going to be there. John W. Linville, Richard Lorbieski, Mark Marlett, John Mark Mobley, and Melanie Mobley, and Jim O'Keefe, and Boise Pete, uh, Tony Pedraza, Linda, Ken Reichard, Henry Reitfeld, Brian Schubring. Some of these names are, oh, is it, it's Craig Stewart, not Greg Stewart, right? Craig Stewart's coming from Australia, right? Terry Steen is going to be there, creator of Balloon Fire. Uh, Steve Strobridge, Paulie Thayer, Tim Thayer, the Thayer brothers, Jason Timmons, that's the guy from uh, BCF Midwest, Carl Von Winkle is going to be there, Billy Joe Weaver, Randy, Randy Weaver, um, and company. Names are record. Evan Wright's going to be there. So it says there's 65 attendees and 53 dinners so far. That's that's what's on the list. And that's my yeah, name's I, not on there, but I am attending. Mark yep. D. Overholzer, Jason Reichert's not on the list. Uh, yeah, I'm for some reason Ken's on the list, and I know Ken is not attending this year. Well, so. listen, they they have their Let's priorities and who they would they 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 know who they would prefer to be there. Let's put it that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the recommended list. <laughs> what, what, what's your name on there then? This is, <laughs> this is their wish list. <laughs> it's like an all star list. It's all star. I don't see Nick Marota. Nick Marota. Nick Marota. No, uh, Nick can't make it. Oh, you mean. I'm so disappointed. I was hoping Nick Marotta was going to be there, and he was going to bring Nick Marotta and the other Nick Marotta. <laughs> and at least three ukuleles. 
Right. So this is the A list, right? Yeah, we got we got a B list, a C list, and a D list too. So uh, you know what? I, I was I, I I was at five below today, and I saw they have five dollar ukuleles. I called that the Nick Marota section. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure they're awesome. Hello. Nick Marota won't be there, but his ukulele will be making an appearance. All right. So if you arrive oh. on time, if you arrive early enough Friday evening, you could set up Friday, but I think they close at midnight. Um, Saturday morning, you can set up at 7 a.m. 8 a.m. You can register if you're not already pre-registered. Show opens at nine. We're gonna have a booth tour again. Stephen Hirsch, the uh, author of Mitchtron Speed Racer, is our keynote speaker at 10:30. That should be interesting. We have a lunch. We have an awards ceremony. I believe we should have an award for the person who uh, traveled all the way from Denmark. So for <laughs> kind of narrows your scope of candidates yes, for the yes. award, doesn't it? Yeah, the award for the uh, the uh, the most Denmarkish person on uh, on site. Are we going to um, have an award for the person who brought their brother? Yeah, could be. That, that's that's the Thayer brothers. Could be it. Uh, Simon Jonasson is going to have us talk on cocoa coating. There's going to be an auction. There's going to be a dinner, trivia contest. There's going to be the chit chat and hangout, and then musical jam and sing along. Um, that's all what's in store for Saturday. Sunday we've got the show opens. Brian, the music man, will play the national anthems, and Boise Pete is going to talk about the call for cocoa papers and a lunch and meeting. There's going to be another auction. We're going to shut down and and so on. So. There is not actually any scheduled uh, speaking things on Sunday. Sunday is the short day, right? Sunday we wrap up around 3 p.m. Um, and impromptu talks and announcements, there might be other things that will come up. So that's kind of the plan right now. Uh, who are the vendors? So Glenside Color Computer Club, Boise Beat, Boyson Technologies, Brian Schubring, Cloud9, the Coco Brothers, Coco Man, and the Wallaby Cable. And the Switcheroo and Coco VGA, the Color Computer Store, Evan Wright, Hawksoft, John W. Linville, Lost Wizard, that's LW, that's our William, William Astell from, uh, and then Leo Blanchard and Nitrous Nine Ease of Use Project. Can I get a sound drop for Ease of Use? Is it here anywhere? Ease of Use. There we go. Um, Rick Adams and Wrightveld. Wrightveld will be showing off my Coco Three on a stick as well as my Coco 3 helmet display. I'll also have a Coco 2 setup with a ROM pack, game, and joystick. I will let Coco Fest attendees play uh, the game as much as they want at no charge. On Sunday, I will award the Coco 2 and game and joystick to the person with the highest score. So he's giving away a Coco. Um, that's motivation right there. And I, so, I will bring my Mark Overhoser hat since uh, Mark is not able to make it. Mark is making it. Oh, he is making? I thought you were making. I'm I'm just not on the list. No, my uh, girlfriend gets awarded of the year because she found reasonable tickets. Oh, awesome. You can I'll bring more of those screwdrivers. Reasonable yes, tickets. Uh, so you, you, you got a discount on your Coco Fest admission, so she got you a better price than the going rate? Um, no. Uh, that, <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, the, they, they, told, they were told to charge him more. Yeah, apparently Glenside had a deal with Groupon. So if uh, Mark Overholzer got his entrance at a at a better rate. So I don't think that was Groupon. I think it was uh, Grey Poupon. Gray. <laughs> Pardon me. 
Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, so on the panel, we know Brian Schubring's going to be there. We know Mark Overholzer. Curtis Boyle, are you still on the fence? Are you off the fence? Are you on the pot? I, I'm a bit more over the fence. Some things went right this last week. And uh, if I hear one <laughs> thing I'm waiting for this next week happens, then I'm for sure going. So, so Curtis, we're rooting for you to fall off the fence. <laughs> yeah. Curtis Boyle. Somebody push him. Somebody push him. Curtis Boyle, it, uh, when you roll your paper, do you roll tobacco or do you roll weed? <laughs> the the audience wants to know. So. I use knives. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Simon's got an itchy nose there. Uh, Ron Delvo showing off Mrs. Delvo, the, be the best half. Um, so Curtis Boyle will potentially be there. Very good, very Looking good. better than it did last week, I will okay. say. Okay, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Will you not be attending Coca Fest again this year? You're muted. You're still muted. You can just dub in whatever there, Hello? then. Yes. Are, are you are you still planning on not attending this year? I can't attend. <laughs> so so that's a yes. I'm not attending. That's yes, you will not be there. Yes, I will. <laughs> Maybe I should go buy one of those $5 ukuleles. Just to... Yes. And, yeah, the the, the part of Dick Rota's ukulele is put in. All right, Brian Weasley, you are going to be there. Yes, sir. I will be there. I, I did not see your name on the Glenside thing. You might want to go to candylist.com and register. And I would say anybody out there watching or listening, um, yep, I have already registered, and matter of fact, I'm looking at my receipt right now. It's going to okay, so then then they need to update the website. Probably yes. not automatically feeding in that. Somebody's got to manually <laughs> go and update that list. Mark B, you going to be at Coco Fest? No, not this year. Okay, uh, we will. Oh, then you can stream the show for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do that. All right, so we got a streaming engineer. You and Tom C. I have a quick question for Brian Schubring, too, since we're having a bit more of an international flair this year than normal. Like, I know you have the anthems for the the American anthem, the Canadian anthem. Do you have the Australian anthem, and do you have the Denmark anthem? You're muted, Brian. You're muted. Testes, one, two. Testes, 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 one, two. Do you hear me now? We hear yeah. you now. Yeah. No, I, I've got uh, about six different anthems here, so I'm all covered. All do right. you got the four for sure we need then? I don't know. Do we have to do we have to play two uh anthems for Simon? Do we need the one for the, the UK also? The UK, yep. We have the new and improved gender neutral Canadian anthem. Yes. Question, question is, question is, should I wear my kilt to confusion? <laughs> it's not that kind of convention. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Brian Schubring. Tim Franklin wants to know: Do you know a person named Brad Schubring? No relation. No relation. Okay. And Simon, for the UK version, we play "Anarchy in the UK" by the Sex Pistols, right? That's what we're doing. Right? I am an anarchist. That'd be good. Yes, that'd be uh, very good. <laughs> and I wanna be anarchy. Yeah, there we go. Excellent. <laughs> we got to do it. Uh, all right, so we know Simon the Madman Jonathan is going to be there, uh, special guest of honor. Jason Reichert, brother of of Ken Reichert, will be there. Uh, well, now will Ken Reichert be there as well, Jason? No, he will not be there. That 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 list is inaccurate. I'm going to have to contact someone about that. Uh, all right, all right. Ron Delvo will not be attending this year. I understand Timberman's not going to make it. He's busy cutting bad. busy cutting down trees. I heard. Okay, Nick Morentes. Nick, you should get a ride. With your Australian friend Craig Stewart. 
<laughs> yeah, no. in, see if he's got room in the he's got room in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he could just throw Nick in the suitcase or something. Yeah. Yeah, Al Hartman from Jersey. You gonna be at Coco Fest? Yes. No, I made my reservation a year ago, not to attend. You oh, you last year you RSVP'd and no. Okay, that's, that's planning ahead. All right. I would love I would love to go, but can't swing it. So, um, so the good news is too. I uh, just because we weren't sure who was going to make it and who's not going to make it, and Grant Leedy's kind of on the fence too. Hey, Ron Delvo's back. Ron, you going to make it to Coco Fest? I think we know the answer to that. That's a no. You're muted. You're shaking your head. I hear things rattling. You're muted. <laughs> uh, I still hear the rattling. Okay. That's a no, right, Ron? We'll see. We'll see. Oh, so that's a maybe. Yeah, he's like shaking his head yeah. sideways. Again, I don't know. You got all kinds of gestures going on here. Either he's having a seizure, or he just can't make up his mind. One of the somebody put a somebody put a freaking belt in his mouth. So. Oh, I said uh, I was going to bring my MC10, so you know maybe that's going to light a fire under him. Yeah, if I do come, it'll be a surprise, right? It'll be a surprise, and that'd be interesting. It would be nice if the uh, Timberman was there. Yeah, Martin Bryce is pointing out that this is the 420 special, but we've already figured out what Simon Jonasson is smoking is tobacco. Um, so call them all. Call them all. Uh, With the children all right. on the package. Yes, I will be attending Coco Fest, as I was getting ready to say. So uh, my original plan was I was going to snuggle buddy with Grant and because uh, he had a he had an extra bed in his room. Grant is not sure if he's going to make it. So I went ahead and I booked a room anyways, just in case. And, and, and so, so we have an extra room, too. So for a few of you who are maybe on the fence and might need a room, I'll have, an, well, I'll have a room with an extra bed either way. So if Grant, if Grant makes it, and I stay with Grant, I've got a whole other room with two beds. If Grant doesn't make it, I've got a spare bed. But either way, we were planning on having an extra bed for somebody who was on the fence uh, making it. So um, reservations are there. I think John Linville put a couple of messages, too, saying that they had filled out the blocks. Like they had a block of rooms reserved. That block was booked. They extended the block. I think they've, ex they've upgraded that block twice on, 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 um, on renting rooms. So to get the room at the Cocoa Fest rate. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if the Cocoa Fest rate is necessarily the best rate. Like if you have AAA or something, you might get a better price. But what this does is this, number one, this helps the, 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 the place, the venue. It knows how many people they're bringing in. So when you say I'm here for Cocoa Fest and they can count those numbers, they know that you know, they're there. It's worth the while for them to give the stuff to Glenside at whatever price they give it to them as like if, if you know, if a hundred people show up, then the price per person to rent the hall is cheaper than if 20 people showed up and things like that. Right. So anyways, it's helping Glenside in some way. So even though you might save a few dollars by booking it some other way, try to try to do it the Cocoa Fest way. If you can, just so uh, they get, they get credit. On the 27th. Yeah. yeah. So by um, the 27th. Oh, so Tim Franklin says I could set up a cot in my garage for a fair price. <laughs> a fair price. It's not going to be an unfair price. So, <laughs> how about Brian Shugreen's basement there? That might. Yeah. Be no. You're muted, Brian. You're muted again, Brian. If only these sound guys could figure out how to make sound <laughs> work. <laughs> Sorry, I had uh, something else going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's something better going on. Yeah. So, uh, anywho, so it's looking like we're going to have a good. My prediction is we're going to have 150 people there. I'm not, and if we don't have it, that's fine. But I'm predicting 150 this year. What was so we'll last see. year? Uh, we're just just around 120. 
And they say 117, but you know like what? 117, 118. Yeah, yeah. yeah, rounded up. There were people that kind of came and went. So, yeah, we had 120 people there just for sake of argument. So I'd like to see 150 there. Um just because I'm getting 10% of the door. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yes. 10% of the watered down Dr. Pepper's. Yes. You yes. Oh. oh, yes. That would, that should be the thing. I, I know where there's a free bottle of Dr. Pepper diet. No. Oh, is, da- is David coming? Um, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's I think he's, he, he wants to, and he's hoping to, and then let's just hope that he does. I so hope that, that he does because it will have to. Uh, everyone will have to bring him some diet, Doctor Pepper. Diet, Doctor Pepper. That's it. And the just, water. Just inundate him with diet, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we're coming up on three hours. So did we? Did we have a quality show today? Did we cover things? Mm-hmm. No, but it was good anyway. Good <laughs> quality is still a quality. Have we have we provided a community service here? Did we talk about news? Did we talk about events? Did we? Uh, we we gave away a speech sound pack, right? Two of them. Two of them. Uh, that's right. Simon gave away one too. Yes. So, um, I don't congratulations know. Congratulations to the winners. Yes, 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 yes. And also another winner. Um, when we did our C load M contest, and um, you know, had to figure out what the software was. That was Ben Drake's, and the original prize was going to just be uh, a copy of Pop Star Pilot from the Retro Swag Shop. But it took me like over two weeks to finally get around to getting his address put in and, and shipping it because I'd just been kind of busy. So since I felt bad, I gave you him a thousand dollars. Well, I sent him the entire <laughs> collection, the entire Retro Swag collection. So he's got my two Coco Gaming DVDs. He's got the very best of Coco Talk Volume 1 and 2. <laughs> And Popstar Pilot. So he's getting like a half a dozen different discs wow. in the mail. Um, oh, don't forget that that Popstar Pilot collection has all the uh, Nicholas Morenti's uh, Coco games up to uh, Popstar Pilot on it, too. Yeah, yeah. So, And that's, that's an easy prize. That's a real easy prize for me to send out, too. So we could do giveaways of like gaming DVDs and best of Coco Talk DVDs because the shipping is, is, really, is very reasonable. So it would be real easy for us to have more contests and prizes. Um, speaking of that, one of the things I've been wanting to do for a long time is to have a live kind of trivia contest game show, and we can do it using this app that's called Kahoot, so I can set up the whole quiz online, people can watch online, play online, you can use your smartphone app to buzz in your answers, or through a browser. So I put out that request in the Coco Talk channel. What I'm asking people to do is to send me trivia questions and answers, and not only the, the right answer, but maybe give me some good, close, wrong answers too. I want to compile a bank of questions and answers. I'd like to have an on-air live trivia contest that we can do on Coco Talk for a decent price. Like, so maybe the next time I get something cool in the mail, we'll have a decent prize to give away um, for this trivia contest. So I'm calling all people to help submit questions. We have to do these questions in a private forum where people can't see them all. I need to compile them all. I'd like to get somebody to then help me fact check and verify that we have the right answers as being the right answers. And then we'll, at a future date, um, we will have that. And that'll be another thing that we've never done before. No other live Coco talk show has ever done a live on the air C load M. We did it first. Often, right. often, 
conceived and contrived, but never attempted by any other show. Um, so we've done the on-air C-Load M. We've done a giveaway. We've had Grant Leedy pissing himself on the air. And <laughs> Bill, uh, we've had all kinds of stuff. So the things we do on this show, there, there is, we will go to the ends of the world for our audiences. So uh, to, today we gave away a speech, sound cartridge, tomorrow uh rondelvo we're gonna raffle away rondelvo so yeah game show we're gonna have different sorry that's okay my fault uh with the game show are we gonna have separate categories or anything like that or is it just gonna be oh it's gonna be random trivia Oh, I, no, I was hoping good. it was going to be a whole Nick Marota category. <laughs> Nick, I'll take I'll take Nick Marota for five hundred, please, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Davis, you players for five hundred, please. Uh, yes. Is it all cocoa related uh, stuff? Yeah, it should be. It should be in the cocoa family. All right. So how about we do this? We've got a new and improved cocoa outro that I want you guys to hear and see. We're going to play that, and then we'll come back with some parting thoughts and maybe some post credits. However, here we go. Are you guys ready for the new and improved? This is the no the 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 Coco Talk song has been just taken to a whole nother level by Bruce Moore with his Coco Talk is rocking the eight bit world. So we've got a new outro based on the Coco Talk is rocking. So I hope you enjoy it. I've spent quite a number of hours this morning today putting together lots of content for myself and for future stream engineers. So here you go, folks. The new and improved Coco Talk is rocking outro. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop. Cause Coco Talk is rocking the A-Bit World! Consider supporting the show with the purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew and contributors. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-Bit World! Keeping the tiny flame alive We may be mocked, but we'll never stop Cause Coco Talk is rocking the A-B-Y Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Morentes, Ron Delvaux, Rick Adams, Jason Reichert, Richard Larbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Reichert, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, John Strong, and many more, especially Steve Bjork for his production suggestions. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at CocoCrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club host of Coco Fest at GlensideCCC.com. Retro Innovations at Go, the number four, Retro.com. Tandy Assembly at TandyAssembly.com. Voice on Technologies at B-O-Y-S-O-N-Tech.com. Get your own switcheroo and wallaby cable at CocoMan.biz. Cloud9 Technologies at Cloud, the number nine, Tech.com. 
Cocotalk.com. The Cocotalk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mix, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. And let's not forget Nick uh, Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Uh, <laughs> well, that was great. Name oh, so awesome. nice, you got to print it thrice. <laughs> you, you know what's going to happen is uh, we're going to go back in time and look at vintage Coco Talk shows because it's all changed. I know. I know. Right? Yeah, and I had to and uh, trying to squeeze all that in in between all the lyric parts was uh, took a lot of uh, just lucky uh, spacing of all that stuff out. But I managed to squeeze it all in. We don't uh, have to read no more. Yeah, we're in, uh, we're in Hollywood Squares mode here too. I like to take <laughs> Nick Rota for the win. Take Nick Rota for win. I got Mark Bosley, Mark Bosley to block, please. So um, the thing about Nick Rota is whenever he plays a song on the ukulele, he always does three on. <laughs> three encores. Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. All right. So well, after Coco Fest, you'll have a lot more uh, pictures to. Manipulate. Yeah, yeah. yeah we really, that. anybody, any uh, any uh, regular panel members at uh, Coco Fest, we need to we need to make that group photo happen this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good idea. That's part of my plan is to not be live streaming and not trying to sell merchandise or any of that crap. I'm just gonna I'm gonna have a table with the Tandy 1000 set up for people to play Cosmic Aliens, the old and the new version. So it'll just be kind of sitting there. But other than that, I want to enjoy the fest. So everyone Maybe. attending should plan ahead and get a Coco Talk T-shirt for the group photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where can you get those Coco Talk T-shirts? I have no idea. Only we knew. Mm, if only well, there was a, a website that had Coco Talk. Oh, yeah. It is uh, CocoMan.biz. Is that it? Mm. <laughs> I, no. But nah. you, can get other, you can get other nice stuff there. You can get lots of Australian-sounding cables and accoutrements. Right? So, um, excellent. Good show, guys. Three hours. Um, I got to check on the family, probably have dinner. I don't know if you guys are up for an after dark tonight. We can check in later. Discord is the place to do that. Put out your messages in Discord. Let us know who's available, who's ready, who's willing. Um, we, well, I don't know. Uh, where, where are we going to give the trivia stuff? Discord also? Uh, you'd have to do it in the private channel, like the one that we have call our inner circle. Okay. That's probably a good place to do it right there for right now because that's limited. And obviously anybody on the panel is ineligible of winning the contest. <laughs> uh, anybody else, if you're not sure where to send it to, send it to me in a private message and I'll compile it. Maybe I'll make a, a whole new channel because we don't have enough channels in Discord. I think that was a discussion topic <laughs> right. one time saying we need yeah, more channels. Right. Got to have more cowbell. <laughs> Yeah. We need a channel just for channel suggestions. Yeah, yeah. channel suggestion channel. <laughs> no, he's gonna make one. You know. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't encourage him, Jason. To discuss that as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a channel discussion grievance channel for those who don't like the channels that have been suggested. <laughs> you know, we need a channel search. And a, ch a channel search. There we go. Um, oh, and need... Nick Marota, I remember your newbie question for next week. We won't do it this oh, week. Oh, yes, yes. Post it, in, post it in Discord under news topics and suggestions. Yeah. Okay. We'll cover yeah. that next week. That's, that's where I pull things from. The yeah. lobby So the yeah, lobby I, is kind I, of I like... I thought it was somewhere else, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got, uh, beginning we... my first real Coco, I'll be the Coco newbie on the panel. Excellent, excellent. Because my memory from 40 years ago is a little uh, vague on some stuff. So. I hear you. so the next show is the last show before boom. 
Is it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It will be. We are in April. We're in April 20th. Yeah, so it's still going to be the 27th, and then, yeah, the next one will be Cocoa Fest. Then may the 4th be with you. Or are we, we going to do a bunch of stuff about Cocoa Fest? I don't know, but we got, have, we got heavy breathing somebody, on live yep, one. Somebody's headset is too high. Yeah. Pull it down. Pull it down. Down to your chin. Heavy chip. breathing on line one. Um, There's like a minute for that. Let's put... Yeah, so let's put that collar on hold. Um, and save the heavy breathing for after dark. Uh, <laughs> 99 a minute. Yes. Um, the 1-900 Coco Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about scuzzy. <laughs> $6.89 a minute. Um, yeah, what can we charge for that? Who knows? David All right. Ladd would be perfect as the voice. <laughs> Creepy David Ladd. <laughs> yes. All right. We're going to put this one out of its misery. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Great show. It was great being uh, back in the saddle here, hosting and broadcasting. I am learning a lot from you professional engineers out there. Uh, so thank <laughs> you all. This show is the highlight of my Saturday afternoons from 2 till 5. Thank you. Thank you. What's the low light? <laughs> Rest of the week. Is that the MC10 talk show? The laundry. <laughs> all right i was a little slow on the mute button but vis-a-vis creepy david lad is there any other kind yeah it's true that's being redundant right all right we're gonna press the button frank thank you for watching uh i just want to say in conclusion thank you yes you're too kind and thank you all right pressing the button in three say goodbye everybody goodbye, goodbye everybody, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.